Java, this is your last chance. Free us or die. <laughs> this is Return of the Pod. Right, sons, and welcome to Return of the Pod, a podcast about Star Wars and more, where we discuss and celebrate the movie, shows, books, comics, games, and everything else from the galaxy far, far away, and will occasionally journey to other galaxies. Every generation is a legend, every legend is a podcast, and this is ours. I am your host, Disgraced Jedi and Force Mystic Brian Silliman. Joining me are... Who else but the greatest co-host in the galaxy, starting with former Force-sensitive Assassin's Guild member turned droids rights activist, Caitlin Bush. Hello there. And the smuggler with a not-so-secret heart of gold, Captain Matt Romano. Greetings. This is a special episode of the podcast, very, very special indeed, because Mm. we're going to be talking all about nine Count them up nine. All recently, nine. all nine, all nine. Recently, all nine. oh boy, <laughs> recently released Star Wars anime shorts. Of course, I am talking about Star Wars Visions. That's right. All seven studios, nine shorts, one podcast. <laughs> One bonus episode. Yeah, There's no way which, this can go wrong. Which anime will win our bachelorette's heart? Yeah. <laughs> Who will get this rose? Akakiri, will you accept this rose? <laughs> oh, okay. Ooh. Not, um, I see coming. Spicy. No, yeah, it was just the first one that came to mind. <laughs> now, before we get to that, though, we're we're it's it's been a little while since we were last. On on the what do you call the podcast airwaves? Is that still applicable, Matt? I think so. I mean, well, no, uh, maybe, maybe. Well, the hollow net Wi-Fi is yeah. in the air. Yeah, I don't know. The waves. Uh, yeah, the waves. Well, and yeah, and according to my Verizon rep, <laughs> oh, there's nothing we can do about it anyway. <laughs> uh, so let's catch everyone up on where what we've been doing since last we recorded. Uh, fans of the show and enemies of the show may remember <laughs> that there was a lot of uh, action. When last we we, yeah. last we we broadcast, there's a lot to clean up here at Star Bidger Base and the planet in general. Still. A lot, yeah, yeah really. That's all we've I been mean, doing. We, we haven't been doing a lot of it, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, there's there's a lot of battle detritus. But we have salvaged a lot of it and kind of just left the rest. So we're building and a scrapping and and just like that, our lonely wide open hangar bay. It's not so empty anymore, is it? No. No, we've got we've got tricks up our sleeve. We've got, got projects. Projects in the works. There's especially one area of the bay that Caitlin has cordoned off yep. and it's covered. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no what the yep. criff is she building in there? Nothing. None of your business. You know, it feels like that that scene in uh, you know Return of the Jedi when like everybody's just getting ready. You know, when uh, Han yeah. says goodbye to the Lando. That's the energy we got going on. In the base right now, I feel all day, every yeah. day. Except, yeah, except no one's saying goodbye. And, yeah. and oh no, no, we're just doing get ready for something, you know. But for for what? Who knows? We, we, we don't know. <laughs> That's a, the mystery. More probably, you were just getting ready for more of this crap. Anyway, <laughs> with us also, of course, is our reprogrammed IT interrogator droid. Yes, they're still around. The droid who has 
gone from zero to hero faster than any character I've ever encountered in my life. Of course, I'm talking about our droid AZ-00, also known as Azu. Azu, how's tricks? Uh, yeah, um... Uh, you know, I'm going good, you know, things are okay, uh, but, you know, I'll tell you, I'm concerned, uh, because, you know, you're doing their, their shorts, right? They're nine anime shorts, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, I'm looking at your notes here, because uh, mm. you printed them out because of Wi-Fi connectivity issues. You know, we don't need to get into that. But no. there's a lot here. Like, there's many pages. There's many, many pages. Uh-huh. And I know you guys like to say many boats, but I've never heard you say many pages. In fact, I've said, uh, you know, I haven't said it, but I've heard Matt say many times, you know, fewer pages. Yes. Yeah. Um, I guess you so, have said that. So I think you're going to run into some problems with uh, length and time, and there are going to be things you're talking about that people just aren't going to care about. All right. Um, oh, thank, man. Th- thank you very much for your concern, uh, Azu. You know what, Az? Um, I'm glad someone said it. Az yeah, is right. Yeah, it, it had to be said. Yeah. Right, CMB? Yeah. yeah. No, I appreciate right, it. Azu, this is how you've, why you've come around from zero to hero. Is you've, you've become very useful. This is good information to know. And Brian... Right. Azu will be never, keeping an eye uh, okay. on things. Okay. We're going to start First writing off, up pages I, I here never, soon. <laughs> I was never a zero. I'm a double zero. So, oh, yeah, double O. Also, I, I appreciate the compliment as well as the insult. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm going to keep this jacked up turd on, like, on the straight and narrow, so don't worry about that. Yeah, okay. Oh, jacked I'm up really turd. glad. Ooh, also, what he okay. hasn't mentioned, he's been he's been trying to pull off a straw hat all week yeah. since he saw these shorts. Yep, I saw that. And this new I, hero. Yeah, and quite frankly, Azu, it's time to you know just come right out. It's not working. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's 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 not working. It keeps falling off. You're a ball. Yeah, well, you're a ball. You, you well, know. well, it's more like, like like a like an Oklahoma straw hat, and not so much a feudal Japan hat. He just doesn't have the right, right style. Oh, you know. Oklahoma <laughs> wind. Okay. It was an old beach hat I had lying around that you. Yeah, that yeah. Oklahoma, beach hat. You started. I know I did. Azu, now you're supposed to be keeping me in line, and now you're going off the rail. So just float away because. Yeah, um, look forward to seeing you soon. He's seriously with this straw. Caitlin, I'm sorry what he's done to your beach hat. I don't don't use it anymore. It's fine. You don't. And uh, I mean, I owe you one. I'll just say that. Hey, (laughs) I owe you one. Um, well, thanks thanks for all of whatever the hell that was, Azu. Uh, we're recording on September 27th, 2021. And as I said, we're going to go full force at Star Wars Visions. But first... It's time for some news on the march. News on the march. Caitlin and Bush, what do we got? Well, it's been a few weeks since we last were all together here recording, talking about the news of Star Wars. There's been a lot that's happened. We'll get to a lot of it later on in Galactic Points of Interest. I know that Brian has a lovely list going on here amongst his many, many pages that... Just seems to keep getting larger. Uh-oh. But right now, I want us to focus on an upcoming big day in the Star Wars universe. And that is, of course, Disney Plus Day. <laughs> Oof. 
Disney Plus Day. Which is a thing. Got synergy. They started every year, earlier and earlier. The pumpkin spice lattes come, and then, then there it's suddenly all the it Disney Plus there. Day celebrations are happening. They don't even wait for that. It's like, is Valentine's Day over? It's like, start the prep, start the clock. Idris Elba comes out and, and puts up his big sign. So, no Idris Elba yet. Aww. Cross your fingers. However, on uh, on November 12th, which is officially been termed Disney Plus Day, it's been confirmed that we're going to be getting a Boba Fett special, quote-unquote, celebrating the origins and legacy of the character. Okay. Which is very fun. All right. Very fun. And then it's not super clear about if that's going to include a first a further look at the book of Boba Fett. Mm. Which... Or, or sorry, Caitlin, because it's the first time we're debuting this. If if you'll allow me, getting our first look at the book of Boba Fett. The book of Boba Fett. Hello. See now that is satisfying. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Wow. That is satisfying. That's what we're going with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, of course. What do you think I've been working on? <laughs> so, of course, while, you know, Disney Plus Day is going to be much more than Star Wars, we're going to get Marvel. We're going to get uh, anything and everything in between. Pixar, blah, blah, blah. But with Star Wars, we get that Boba Fett look. And uh, I think we're all hoping for some first looks at Obi-Wan Kenobi. Kenobi! Oh. Uh, maybe The Mandalorian yeah. Season 3 and yeah. or. Ooh. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, the sky's the limit, really. I mean, all the these shows the are in production of of some form of production right now. Exactly. CMB, CMB would you say that? I think I think we've mentioned this before, but as as twenty twenty two, because we all knew what to expect from twenty twenty one going in. Just in life in general, has been really, <laughs> yes. really exactly how I thought it was all going to go. As yeah. was last year. It's like it's like huh, well, it's like <laughs> nothing's taken me by surprise. Swerve to a different lane because I'm. This is too familiar and too actually what I want. But would you think that twenty twenty two? Here's here's what I'm thinking. Not only uh, potentially. Season three of The Mandalorian. Oh, Mandalorian. Up in the air. We don't really know what's going on with that. But would you think Kenobi? Kenobi! And or. I've been in this fight since I was six years old. Oh, man. And and (laughs) season two of The Bad Batch. They call themselves The Bad Batch. Do you think that's unrealistic expectations for Star Wars in 2022? I think the first two are perfectly reasonable. I don't know about the second one. Um, uh, you know, say what you will for the the for it being maybe quicker or whatever for animation. I don't believe that at all. Mm. Um, I Yo, think no, I, yeah. I think we'll be we would be incredibly lucky to get all three of those in one year. D- does it make a difference that I want them? <laughs> it might I if mean, you maybe you send a letter or something. Does that know. change things at yeah, all? Yeah, I mean, just, you can I'm just, hit I'm up Bob Jpeg if yeah. that's that's what you're really feeling. Yeah, I, I can give I you hit his him cell up number. all the time. Does he hit me back? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to happen because it's like they're just putting the pedal to the metal now with Star Wars. It's like you like yeah. your Star Wars. Here you go. It's year you round. Got Star Wars. You want <laughs> Star Wars in your Star Wars? You, that's you put right. Star Wars Here's in your Star Wars. When you're not getting Star Wars, you're gonna you're gonna get Marvel. That's because <laughs> yeah, exactly. also on that day, it's like they're also and here's Shang Chi just in case. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. Uh, that just you the know, whole movie streaming on yeah. that day, which which 
which I saw in really Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which has a connection to Star Wars Visions, as we'll see. Gorgeous. Um, but anything else we should expect from, I can't, I can't believe this is actually, is it a national holiday? Are banks closed on Disney Plus Day? <laughs> I think they should be. If anyone, if any company in the world has the power to get the government to do all of this and for banks to close down, blah, blah, blah. It's 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 Disney. It's it's Disney. Well, I know I, I get together with uh, my look my neighbors and we go around and we sing Disney songs outside people's houses. Oh, yeah, that's, that's lovely! That's what a yeah, nice yeah, little yeah. tradition. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, nice? that's yeah, after the car yeah. parade. Yeah, after yeah. the car parade. You know, yeah. the cosplay. Of course, yeah, the yeah, princess. Yeah. The princess cosplay. Exactly. We, we have a mutton. There's a mutton we have uh, for for dinner. Yeah, I believe. Good. Yep. You have mutton. Yeah, it's like it's classical beautiful. Cinderella fair. <laughs> What Cinderella sure. story or movie contains mutton? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you yeah, know, I think that works, right? Yeah. All, yeah. all right, all right, This Matt, is thanks for my traditions yeah. for is Disney Is the mutton Day. blue or yeah. pink? Yeah. Pink, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, also, you you're, you already put up a giant 12-foot skeleton oh, to that's, scare, that's to real. scare that's your child. Yeah, 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 so you can just keep yeah. that up for Disney Plus Day because it represents <laughs> the death of something. <laughs> this is something I, should, I, I really true. should be so against, but I love it. This stuff so much. I'm really for it. Yeah. Anyway, I think I speak for all of us. Well, yeah. When I say Matt, thanks for mutt. Mm, mutt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so that's that's uh, kind of all we got right now for uh, Disney Plus Day again. It is November twelfth. Uh, you can Google it and find out literally everything that you need to know about it right yeah. now that we are allowed to know about it. But uh, we'll have a little bit more newsy news for you later in the show. Five things you need to know before Disney Plus Day. It's a day. It's about a channel. There's stuff, this thing, and also that. Excitement. It's amazing. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. You're saying what I just did is amazing? Because I don't agree. Uh, And that has been (laughs) News on the March. With that... (laughs) We're already we're already off to a rollicking <laughs> start. Oh, okay. Wow, I'd say we're out of practice, but this is always how this it is. is isn't just it? Yeah, yeah, always um, when we come back from a break. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, listeners, if this is your first episode of the show, I'm sorry, and also, yep, it's always like this. this. It is like this. So we're gonna charge right into Star Wars Visions. Now we're gonna discuss and celebrate the Kark and Criff out of all nine. Shorts. Ooh. Believe me, oh, we could nice. easily. There's enough here to to put, give each one of these. I know they're only like twelve minutes. And is. Why do you do a whole hour podcast? It's only twelve minutes. Well, we could do it. Believe oh, me, yeah. we could do it. But we're only we're gonna. And this isn't the first time. We're, only time we're gonna be we're talking about tired. these. Tired. Yeah. But we're 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 attempting. <laughs> we're attempting to do all of them in one go. Now, since they were not written with canon in mind, which is kind of a big part of why they're so interesting and fun, we're not going to need our canon canon at all. But if we have hot takes along the way, we'll sound the hot take alarm. And if anything really blew our minds, we'll let loose with a seismic mind charge. These shorts have been out for a week or so, but we don't want to spoil you for any of the visions. So be warned that we're about to get into severe spoiler territory and go through everything, every surprise, everything that there is. So for good measure, because we don't want you to catch cold, we're going to sound the spoiler klaxon. That's right. It's me. It's Werner. I'm back. I've been away for so long. I haven't. I've been right here in the base, but I've been watching them. And let me tell you, they're up to nefarious doings. I 
I wouldn't listen to them. I wouldn't listen to this show. I'm going to stage a takeover of the show at one point, and it's going to be so good. I'm going to build the baby and build a new podcast. And what is there? Caitlin and Bush, let me hear it. I want to hear it. There's a clear order in which you should watch Star Wars Visions and then listen to our podcast. Here we go again. Punch it. Star Wars Visions, now streaming on Disney Plus. No usual Star Wars Disney Plus opening in this. Not like the usual flashing blue and red. We don't get that. Because it's not canon. Do you think that's what it is? I think so. Do you think only canon on Disney Plus you get that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) time will tell. Anyway, what we do get is Star Wars appearing, uh, Visions appears, and then Star Wars appears on top of it, and a lightsaber ignition sound with a faint motif. Obviously, you can watch these in any order you want, but we're going to go down in the order that they're presented on Disney Plus. General, before we really get into the duel and then all the rest of them, general thoughts on not only the duel, but but all nine as a whole, Caitlin and Bush, for initial reactions. I thought I knew what to expect from it, and I was proven very wrong with every new episode that I watched. Um, yeah. I love that there's a different style visually for every single one of them as well, um, which we knew was going to be the case. But I, as as a person who does not consume a lot of anime, um, but who's, who's like, whose brother loves anime and watches it all the time and i have never necessarily gotten into it as much as i know i should be um i i I really enjoyed watching these and i know that there are things that i am missing from watching these because i do not consume anime regularly and i know that there are people who do love the medium who are going to get so much more out of this than i do because they understand the references they understand uh visual nods what have you yeah it's it's matt and i discussed this and i think it was the episode where you you were off fighting uh Fateland in the mm, woods yes um because when we got the rundown and everything we discussed this matt because neither matt or i are huge anime people yeah. and i recently talked to the producers and one of the i, I said do you think this is going to make anime fans into star wars fans star wars fans into anime fans or you know merge them both and their hope was both mm. you know hopefully it'll be a little bit of both and this has gotten me more into anime i mean I, aside from the big, like you, I, I'm not a huge anime person, aside from the big ones that yeah. everyone's seen, like Cowboy Bebop's a fine example. Brotherhood, many pe- all that. Ma- Yeah, many nerdy, the, the nerdy among us have seen Cowboy Bebop. Matt Romano, uh, same question. And also, we thought this could theoretically be like the Animatrix. Yeah. But I think it has some things in common and differing styles. But also, the big thing is that all happens in the matrix universe yeah all that's of those all shorts. canon yeah exactly yeah yeah and this is not and i think that's a major difference and also i'd say this goes a little uh more fast and loose with the style and the craziness at times Would yeah you agree? absolutely i you know same thing with caitlin i i didn't expect I, I knew what to expect but i didn't expect that i'd like it as much as i yeah. did mm. and uh one thing that definitely threw me for a loop and i knew this was going to happen is i was going to love certain aspects or stories that are that I might think are better than what we see in Canon or things I want to see in Canon. Like sometimes I don't yeah. want to be introduced to a cool concept. Cause it's like, ah, now forever I'm going to be like, 
would be really cool if lightsabers changed different colors depending on yeah. you know this you know yeah when you introduce concepts uh you know that that aren't canon that are really cool um that i wasn't necessarily surprised to see <laughs> and the thing is they still may yeah that totally. was something that they'd considered for movies before when when Vader takes Luke's saber briefly. Yeah, and we'll get to that. Yeah, you know, not to spoil. Yeah, it was a, gonna it was gonna thing. turn red, and they decided not to do it. But it still can. The thing is, yeah. it's all just the ideas and everything. It all it just breathes, it lives, and whatever. So it's it's um, I I agree though. There's the prevalence like, no, this is what I wanted the sequel trilogy <laughs> yeah. to be. It's like that that I don't need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's I'm not like, gonna go there. there but, there's yeah. <laughs> there's freedom that we that you have with anime. This is not excusing it. That yeah. These are like 14 various length shorts. They're not full movies. So that is not an equivalent, I don't think. Mm -hmm. The first of the shorts, The Duel. Mm. 14 minutes long from Kamikaze Duga, the Ronin in in the English dub played by Brian T and the bandit leader played by Lucy Liu. And I should say that anytime I mention the cast, it's always with the English dub, but I do recommend watching both ways, the Japanese dub and the English dub, because both yeah. give you very different feelings. Yeah. When I watched the duel for the first time, it was the Japanese dub. And I just thought that was intentional. I was like, wow, Lucy Liu really sounds different. And I'm like, yeah, that's not her. Uh, that's because that's not her. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a really, it's a more immersive feeling. It's very, very interesting doing it that way. Um, but I, I, for the most part, uh, when I read off cast members, I'm going to focus on the English dub. Now, this short very much sets in, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think I am, but, you know, say whether or not you agree. That's, I guess that's generally how questions work, isn't yeah. it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Good, good force alive. This short very much sets the tone, I think, and lets you know what this collection of shorts is going to be like yeah. in many ways. It's like, here's your statement of purpose yep. in yeah. a lot of ways. It was the artwork of the Ronin with a red saber and his droid in a straw hat that helped sell the idea of this series in the first place. Yeah. So we start right away. The setting here is very much based in feudal Japan, mostly black and white, aside from lights and lasers, which I thought was such a cool way to do it. We It very much recalls the work of Akira Kurosawa, which anyone who knows Kurosawa's work or the Lucas connection is not surprised by this. His work was a huge influence on George Lucas. Both this short and the Ronin himself have a lot in common with Kurosawa's famous film, Yojimbo. Which we've talked about before in reference to The Mandalorian, but it's even more applicable here because the title character in that film, not only in the film in general, you know, lone wanderer walks into town, things are a mess, he stirs up some stuff and then he leaves. It's obviously very much like that and very much Din Djarin. But the title character in that film, in Yojimbo, was played by the legendary Toshiro Mifuni. And at one point, Lucas wanted him to play Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, there was a time when Obi-Wan was going to be Mifuni and not Guinness. And in that case, he would have made Princess Leia Japanese, which hmm. it's back in that time, Star Wars would have been completely different. Yeah. So anyone who says, and I've seen this on, and I, I'm not just saying I've seen it. There's been, for the most part, reactions to these shorts have been very positive. But one reaction I've seen a couple times that I just really have to laugh at is that it's too Japanese. I saw that. There's some like there's a and there's a very specific girl on uh, TikTok 
who was like, yeah, oh, that's so strange that, yeah. you know, why would they include Japanese elements? And then they just start, like, cycling through literally every I, element that George Lucas included that was inspired by samurai and by, <laughs> like, Japanese culture yeah, along the way. I, I think I watched the same thing, because down yeah. from the Jedi costumes to the lightsabers to discussion of the Force to the Jedi Order as a whole, from the very beginning, it's always been very Japanese-influenced. And it's anime. Like, God forbid. So what did you expect? What were, what were you looking for? It, it's And also, there's no... He's always... He talks about... George Lucas talks about Kurosawa all the time, as do all of the other Star Wars directors. It's a huge influence. That in Western's huge for Mandalorian. So... Yeah, start. It, it's always been there, but this with the anime yeah, really brings the it up. Yes, yeah, the anime. I mean, that that's it's, the first it's an thing. Anime. Yeah. It's an anime. It's like, that's it's, why. We, did you <laughs> did you think it would be Canadian? It, it, French, it, maybe. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Star Wars, Canadian and editions. I, I will say the the TikTok that I am referencing is by user at b underscore dazzler. So b dazzler. Uh, I, see I suggest what you going and there. looking that up because I absolutely. So so yeah, it's it's very Japanese, and so is Star Wars. So that's the point. This is just that with that ratcheted up many many notches. And as I said, I am breaking free of canon, um, which which we we you you guys both know that I love the interconnected canon, especially these days of how the stories connect, the movies, the shows, the books, the comics. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that we have our canon. Canon. It's a whole thing, but. I really love it when it also breaks free of that. It's which fiction. these are yeah, it's and these are these are just not they may not be canon, but they could be headcanon. It's mm-hmm. just breaking free and well what's free of all that? What can you do? And how bizarre can you get and how creative can you get? And for me, that really just you think you know Star Wars at, at our age. We've been with Star Wars our whole life. You think you know everything it can do. Yeah. And then this show comes, This these nine shorts come along, and it, to me at least, it's like, you don't know anything. Yeah. And see what people that have never gotten the chance to work on it before, what they're capable of doing is insane to me. The, and the creativity me, is just out out the door. Yeah. yeah. The and even even with, you know, I, some I loved, some I liked, and then have grown to love, but there's something in each one that's just coming from a swerve that I just didn't expect. So yeah, we're in feudal Japan, as I said, but it is Star Wars because as much as it's the feudal Japan imagery, you also got droids and aliens and we recognize astromech design, Death Star droids, Celestin, Trandoshan, even a Tusken Raider, there's even so, though this there's is- There's such a diversity of aliens in this one episode. Yeah. yeah. And, and like there's, there's every kind of Star Wars alien you've ever run into in yeah, this town. It's like, oh, you must recognize the Tusken Raider, even though for as far as we know, they never got off Tatooine. Who cares? Uh, there's one and they're doing the sound and hey, yeah. they're all working together. I appreciate it. looks like, yeah. the, you know, it's a real yeah. rebellion there. They're all in the well, same team. You, you have, you also have, you both <laughs> brought up a good point in that, yeah, this sets the tone in terms of what they're doing. But if then if, if, if you were to think, oh, all nine shorts will be like this in this style, just wait one till the next short and you'll completely get completely different. Yeah, completely different. Total yeah. swerve. And just wait until you get to, it's like, okay, now I know what to expect. And then here comes T-O-B-1. <laughs> and boy, you don't know shit. Anyway. Okay. So what we got is the, the Ronin and his droid wander into a town. Bandits attack. They're all wearing scavenged Imperial armor. And bounty hunters fight for the villagers. They all take them on. The bandit leader emerges with what can only be described as an umbrella lightsaber. Yep. 
and yeah. goes to town. Caitlin and Bush, do you think General Grievous watched this episode and immediately started lusting after the umbrella parasol lightsaber? He just started like punching a wall because he's so angry that he doesn't have one. Would make such a fine addition to my collection. <laughs> yeah. oh. Matt Romano, would you co-sign that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she also Time. flies with it too. And I have to say it's like, well, well, yeah, and this is we we've seen them fly with uh with uh yeah, they spin them, you know, the yeah. inquisitors. In, we've yeah. seen inquisitors use the yeah. use them as helicopters before. For some reason I'm like, okay, she's an evil Sith Mary Poppins for just a second. Yeah. And it works really well. And then she flies onto the set of Bridgerton season two and just wait to see what she does. Different there. show. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Says you. It's 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 the tenth Star Wars visions. <laughs> um, anyway, the Ronin tells the t- tea house owner to fix his droid. I need him fully operational by the time this pot boils. He goes down to confront the leader, who takes out, who takes the umbrella apparatus off of her saber, and it's just a regular lightsaber. Goes to strike him, and it stops right here. He stops her with the Force and his hands, and they then start their own duel. He draws his lightsaber from a scabbard. This is the first yeah. time we've seen this. There's a metal scabbard, no ignition. The mm. villagers this, all- This is a, uh, a thing that we see a couple of times throughout the series too, where it's very much that it is more of a sword rather than a, a saber that ignites kind of thing, that yeah. it just exists yeah. always as this extended mm-hmm. weapon. It, it's a katana. Yeah. And a- always the like the design of all of the lightsabers is very except for a, in a couple but is very katana. Yep. Um sometimes they ignite, sometimes they don't, but it's an interesting way of doing it. The villager villagers saw the the red parasol lightsaber and they immediately like red blade she's a Sith. Yeah. Yep. They haven't seen the Ronin uh draw yet. So the duel of the title proceeds uh, bandit leader gets the upper hand and so do the bandits, but then the kettle boils and out comes the astromech firing rockets at every bandit and yeah, everybody like whistling with a pulse. birds, like bounty, like, yeah, uh, like yeah. Mandalorian, you know? Yeah, it was right. cool. And it's also, it reminded me of Lone Wolf and Cub. Anytime the baby cart just starts shooting bullets at everybody <laughs> yeah. every which way, which is always cool. So back to the duel, which they're on a log, then they go over a waterfall. Eventually, the Ronin gets the better of the bandit leader and takes her saber. Back in the village, he gives the umbrella apparatus to the tea house as a thank you, draws his blade, and then everyone sees it. And that's where, like, oh, they thought he was a, a Jedi. They're like, oh, thank you, a selfless Jedi. He draws that, and they're like, wow, we're we wrong about that because we know they know what a what a red blade means, yeah. and they're not like it. Sith. Yeah, yeah, pretty much exactly. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Shoot him now. Um, what he does is he he destroys the bandit leader's lightsaber, takes the kyber crystal out from it, and goes to put it in his robe where he's got a nice collection going of about six or seven. He's been decides, hunting Sith. Yeah, yeah, he has. And what he doesn't do is add it to the collection. He gives it to the very young village chief and says, take care of this. It wards off evil. And I'm thinking, that's a Sith kyber crystal. If anything, it attracts evil. Gonna, yeah, it's going to bring like them to it? Yeah. I'm like, is that a question, question Mr. Ronan? Um, <laughs> is that, uh, in fact, the best idea? And yeah. this is the first instance I feel like where we get where the people who are going to be like pushing their glasses up and going, well, actually. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is. It's, it's, screw you. It doesn't matter. It's cool. Who cares? Yeah. It's just. It, it's a cool line. That is a thing. <laughs> that's the canon. This. What we know. What we don't. Who cares? Because it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. 
It's cool. It's a cool, it's a cool model. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what I love about this is it uses a lot of these do. It uses our pre-existing knowledge of Star Wars canon against us because everything ingrained in us tells us red blade means bad. Mm-hmm. And while he's the Ronin is not bad, he's not necessarily all good either. It's just a shade of gray, which for Star Wars, we're used to a lot of black and whites. And Caitlin and Bush, I know you like the shades of gray. Mm-hmm. So it's he draws the red <laughs> blade and we're like, what's going on here? And we knew he was going to thanks to the million shots of it in every trailer. Yeah. He then walks off with the droid. We pan up to the stars and we cut to credits. The credits in, this is very Star Wars classic because it's in that classic blue font that most of the credits for every show is in. And it says, inspired by Star Wars, created by George Lucas. So for me, this one brought up all kinds of questions that we already thought, thought, thought about, like Sith as absolutes, what that actually means. Do you guys think it sets the tone and how you like the style? You've pretty much already touched on those things. Matt Romano, thoughts in general on the duel and how it started your journey with these nine shorts? Yeah, I think it was the perfect way to introduce everyone to the the the, the eight episodes that we're going to follow. And just for all the points you made, like, you know, there's like every Star Wars alien is in it. There's gonk droids. There's Astromex. Yes. You know, yes, like, they're, you know, so they basically throw like dump the whole Star Wars toy box out in this episode and show you how they're going to play with the pieces. Yeah. Unfortunately, I am not a Jedi. That was awesome. And then it's like, okay, yeah. great. This is great. This is awesome. I'm in different stories, different worlds. Um, I don't know. I loved it. I was I was on board from from this episode on. And yeah, it's heightened, but it's also so close to Kurosawa and things that are Star Wars adjacent. And y- you know that it's it's a really good in yeah, before yeah. things get nuts. Totally. Because if they started with one of the nuttier ones, it would be different. Thoughts yes. thoughts from you, uh, Caitlin Ambush. I mean, I think we've we've uh, we've kind of covered the the gambit here, but yeah, I like uh, Matt's point about how that line, especially from the the maybe not Sith, the the red the red blade user. Yeah, it very much sets up the rest of the episodes because you from that moment on you know oh nothing here is as i expect it to be and that's yep. a good thing yeah exactly it's to to as to quote willow sorry caitlin forget all you know or think you know um and they do this again with um using our knowledge of red blades in a different way in another one of the shorts in a more familiar way to yeah. pull a reveal and it's very very cool before uh question preempting before we move on to the second short um are you guys ready to rock? Always. I'm always ready to rock. Are you guys ready to rock the block? <laughs> always, Brian. Always. Well, because here we go. Tatooine <laughs> Rhapsody. Thank you so much. We are your band, Star Waver. 13 minutes, studio, studio colorita, twin engine. This one, the English dub, as J, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, as K344, Shelby Young, who has appeared in Forces of Destiny and many, many other Lucasfilm things. Mark Thompson as Lan, the the three-bodied Deveronian drummer. I don't know what species. There's a lot going on there. I'm not going to really, yeah. There's a lot going on with him. Tamora Morrison as Boba Fett, the cutest iteration of Boba <laughs> Fett you'll so ever tiny. see. And as Geezer the Hutt, or Geezer, or just Gee, Bobby Moynihan, oh, our yeah. man, yeah. our main man. Yeah. They're a band, and they're called Star Waver. So here we go. The, the Jay is a former Padawan who's running 
for in what looks like the Clone Wars and then falls on a thing and runs into a hut named Guy yeah. or Geezer as the credits go. And then we cut to he's grown out his hair blue and we cut to they're playing a show. He's an emo kid now. Yeah. Yeah. And on Rumble <laughs> Bass, flaming Rumble Bass, I should say, Gee on the versatile cluster drums, Lan on the electrified dual guitars, Curdy. And on the vocals, it's me. And then they get feedback, which, of course, it's they had to do that gag because there's a microphone. Yeah. And then he says, on sound, it's V5, their little droid friend. And on vocals, it's me. And the music stops. And here comes Boba <laughs> Fett standing in front of him, shoots the microphone. I have business with the slug. Come along. Jabba's been looking for you. Now, at this point, did you realize that Guy was a hut in a wig or with, hut with natural hair or just a big hulking thing? Because until Boba said this, I didn't yeah, realize Yeah, I just assumed he was a like a, just a, a, a alien general alien. Yeah, not- I didn't take him for a hut yet. Yeah. Definitely not. No. I, I took him for another big, silly Star Wars monster in a wig, but he's yeah. a hut in a wig. Yeah. Right. He's Woo. a hut in a wig. Um, so, so he says, I have business with the slug job has been looking for you. If you resist, we'll disintegrate your friends. And I'm like, he is a hut in a wig? Question mark? I guess so. Um, and Guy, it's so humorous. He says, does Jabba want my autograph? And then yells, let's rock him. The band fights Boba and Boba's helpers with the power of rock. And at one point, yep. Boba Fett, cute little Boba Fett is crowd surfing against his will. And that's something you'd never think you're going to say until you say I it. get a very Scott Pilgrim vibe uh, yeah. from this yeah. episode. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it turns out, Conveniently, their stage where they play is a part of their ship. So they pack it up and fly the heck out of there, evading Boba, who is now full on using his jetpack. Boba watches them leave and calculates. He's following in Slave One, which is still the name. Hasn't changed. Yep. Doesn't matter what the Lego is. They don't say it in here, but it's still the name. Everybody relax. The ship, their ship crashes because Boba is good behind the stick in this. He opens the ship and walks up to Gee, says, you're marked for execution, Hut. It's pointless to resist, but I can wait. And it's funny that Boba is so cute, yet the Tim Morrison lines coming out of his mouth are still... Still Boba. He'll get you. It's still Boba. And still it's like, oh, he'll get you. Um, (laughs) Look at him. Look out. Yeah. (laughs) Watch out for those guns. (laughs) They'll get you. He's so cute. They'll get you every every time. Um, Now, Guy doesn't care about the Hut legacy or being a part of the syndicate or any of that. He's rejected the Hut legacy and being a part of the Hut syndicate all he cares about is being a part of a legendary band. Uh, and I'm just at any moment, this for me was going to turn into School of Rock. I was just, he's going to start putting up dream. flyers. It's not my dream, Dad. It's yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't want your life. So he, 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 cut, he gets cut from the team. Now, Boba takes Ghee. Um, so the kid takes out his lightsaber and makes to ignite in front of Boba. And Boba just, again, cute Boba has this line, you really want to do this? And I'm like, how is this giving me chills when he's so cute? (laughs) And then I think of myself and how cute I am and how I often give myself chills and feel in danger from myself. As I'm sure both of you have looked at me, it's like, he's so cute, but I'm scared. All the time. Um, Don't don't placate me. I know it's true. Anyway. So the saber fails to ignite. This is the problem. It's even in the future. Nothing works. And Boba walks off with Guy. The rest fix the ship, including Lan, who's, again, the triple Deveronian thing. I don't know. 
Yeah, um, sure. We don't, we don't know and we don't find out. Jay says, in the end, we're just a band. We're just a band. He smiles and we wipe transition to Tatooine, where this is the only legacy. Correct me if I'm wrong. Second time I've said that in this episode, but the only legacy planet we visit in this, in all of these nine shorts. It's the only time. I think this short actually is the most like canonical. What's the word? You know, (laughs) it's the most canonical. If it's going to be canon. If it's going to be canon, yeah. This could be a really weird episode of one of the existing shows. It's the only one that we get an actual in canon character that we know of. Yep. With Boba. Yeah. Yeah. There's Boba, there's there's Boba, there's Jabba, and there's Bib Fortuna. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I I wrote down my notes make this canon immediately, actually. That's what I I wrote. Good. I th- I thought you would. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> we not only were at Tatooine, we're at the Mas Espa Grand Arena, where you might remember the Boonta Eve Classic happened. <sighs> and not only it? is it a pod racing arena, it's a rock arena too. Yeah. Bib Fortuna takes off Gee's binders and send, and he sees the band. They make a deal with Jabba to let them perform before they execute Gee. But they only got one song to do it. Yeah. So let's make it. They've got to make it their best show ever. Yeah. So Jabba, Bib, and Boba all watch. Jay's mic. Now, was Jay's mic his lightsaber? Yes. Yeah. It was, right? Yes. Yeah. But and, he's using it for music now. Well, yeah. And the guitar was a blaster. I, I loved everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. Every, oh, it shoots, it's everything. a guitar yeah. that shoots yeah. fire. It's borrowed <laughs> it's from fantastic. Mad Max, uh, yeah. the Mad Max Fury yep. Road. Uh. So... The show is on. You are okay. This is the song. I, the song started, and I just it's thought Matt Romano, Matt Romano, Matt Romano. Why can't I buy it yet? Where is I it? Why? It. Why is this? Where is the soundtrack? I'll buy it for you on vinyl. Okay. Will you please? Oh man, yeah. Vision's on vinyl. Yeah. The, yeah the soundtrack is is not out okay. for the record. Um, I've done some preliminary research. We're looking. I'm hoping for a drop on maybe fri- Wednesday or Friday. Okay. Um, usually it takes a week. For uh, for the Marvel stuff, anyway, it's taken a week, but I am hoping. The song's title is Galactic Dreamer, lyrics by Messiah Sakuta, written by Yoshiaki Diwa, performed by Nan. That's the song. If that if there is a soundtrack and that's not on it, I, I mean, would be I, I mean, there has to be. I mean, it come has on, to be. I would be shocked. Be. Yeah, you know who else? Prop Matt, I bet plays in. In the, in the Mas Espa Grand Arena and could play right before them? Oh, you know I, who? Oh, I know. I know. Well, what band who? do you think they were opening for? The Redlands, the original rock band of the Star Wars galaxy, coming to this Buta Eve classic with monster trucks and everything. <laughs> Now with monster trucks. Now with monster trucks. I'm tired. It's late. It's, oh, yeah, it's, it's been a while since you've done that. <laughs> yeah. isn't it? I did before we recorded. I said, you know, I'm going to ask you yeah, for at least yeah, one. Yeah, okay. Well, we've done it. So it's, it's over. It's like it's again the it's Albert Brooks. Yeah. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. Okay, we're all okay. They play and sing all across Tatooine. People watch and enjoy, including the modal nodes. Yeah, in the cantina, jealous. I, I like that as, a, as as the nod to the original Star Wars band. Like, yeah, you know, like they're the OGs, and they're like you know. Yeah, why didn't we get this job? <laughs> right? um, I thought there was a really nice, a little design detail here. Some people watching, uh, watching the concert who aren't there are watching on a similar handheld 
It's like the Tatooine iPad. It's yeah. what Shmi is wearing. And, is, and that she's wearing, watching Annie watching through during the, the yeah. pod race. Yeah. yeah. Uh, while that thing, it's it's like the iPad with the tusks on the side as handles. Yeah. I thought that was a really nice detail. We see Ben Kenobi's house. He's not out watching. Yeah. We just, but you know he's inside listening. <laughs> he's inside. Vibing. Rocking out. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, I, uh, we are okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. From a certain point of view, we are all okay. Exactly. Um, so Jabba isn't smiling but it does cut to the back of him and his tail is flapping to the beat. Yes. <laughs> and I thought that's perfect because if he was, it would have been too much if he was smiling. Yep. But he does, he likes his songs. He has his entertainment. Yeah. He does. Uh, yeah. As we know from, he's like, do that again. And we get Jedi rocks. Yep. Anyway, the song is over. Massive applause. Up come the skiff guards to just kill everybody. Um, Jay then tells Jabba that they're going to be the number one band in the galaxy. We're offering you a chance to be our first sponsor. <laughs> And some Nikto <laughs> the kid. The on this kid. Yeah. Yeah. Some Nikto kid starts shouting out for one more song, and then everyone does. Jabba calls off the skip, skiff guards. They play another. Boba is bopping his head. He's yep. enjoying it. Jabba's taking it all in, and that's that. Love it. That's the short. And Matt Romano, I agree that this could have been like a Forces of Destiny. It could have been- uh, Yeah. If this was a, in a slightly- computer more computerized style it could have been a really weird clone wars episode. <laughs> <Yep>. yeah. <laughs> it could have been a rebels i don't know yeah caitlin bush thoughts on Tatooine rhapsody uh to, going from the duel to this is like <laughs> yeah the, right the weirdest whiplash i have experienced while watching a tv show in a very long time and i loved it yeah yeah Matt Romano, we I remember back when we were they discuss it as a rock they they describe it rather as a rock opera, which it really isn't. There's really the one song. So yeah. I was expecting this to more to be a full on musical. And I'm not saying I'm disappointed. The one song is great, but no. it is pretty weird. And even 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 the producers were like, "Is this going too far?" Yeah, and they said ultimately no. <laughs> but uh, but I loved it. I mean, it, out of out of the whole bunch of in Star Wars visions, like this is one of the most unique. It's like an 80s movie. It's like rock and roll is going to save the world. Like, you know, this town sucks. And it's the only rock and roll is going <laughs> to save the gonna day. Get my, gonna get out yeah. of this town. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Everybody cut, everybody cut foot loose. Yeah, there you go. There you yeah. go. But like it's the, the Padawan uh, turned rock star, like giving up like your Jedi ways. Pa- like the, the Padawan. The, the Padawan. That's all right. You said it. Yeah. You said it. Because between you and Padawan extraordinaire Leah Elizabeth J, I was yeah. thinking, oh, I there you go. Both yep. of you during this. Yeah. And I'm like, this this has Matt Romano written all over it. Wow. And then I thought about Leah, who actually tweeted this yesterday. I'm like, this because she loves to go to the live concerts and everything. And she hosts a whole show about rock. This is rock and Star Wars together. Yeah. This must be the most perfect thing it's in gorgeous. the world. It's gorgeous. And, it's so and, much fun. And nobody screams rock and roll to me more than you, Matt Romano. So... I love music and I love music in Star Wars. You're all about that rock and roll life. I'm which, all about it. Which yeah. Caitlin and I have been talking and, you know, take it down. I we do. Need you, a we need bit. you to yeah. comment. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, you're here. Well, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you here. You know, you don't become the captain by not without, without rocking. Rocking out. <laughs> yeah. Rocking out. Yeah. That's not a thing. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Oh, and the droid was a speaker. That, that was great, too. Yeah, I just want to yeah. put that out. That was yeah. very cool. The yeah. droid was, which Love maybe, maybe, maybe our next one. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, Azu, that, that was a, that was a threatening look. Now, if I don't get too comfortable, because if you thought this was a swerve, wait until you get a load of the twins. Must I remind you of the purpose of your birth? <sighs> which is the next one. 17 minutes. The one of two shorts done by Trigger, Studio Trigger. Yeah. And they... 
the the two shorts they did are very very different mm. but this one the only thing i can just the only way to describe it there's only one and and censors at the ready bat f- insane yeah when someone says anime this is like the first type of thing that comes to mind for oh, me oh it's with very anime. Yeah. it's you know, very it, anime anime it's like yeah the hyper real like you know running at you really fast screaming lessons to you while you get <laughs> slow motion punched exactly. in the face you know sort of like that thing yeah so anime to you is screaming lessons? <laughs> screaming <laughs> lessons in slow motion, getting punched in the face, you know, running fast. It's very fast. stylized. Yeah, stylized. Thank you, Caitlin. What Caitlin's anime are you watching? Words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Caitlin, Dragon well, Ball Z. Remember Dragon Ball Z, you know? You know, you don't have to hurt other people for amusement. Helping people can be fun, too. You should try it sometime. I don't know. N- no, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. But, uh, I okay, do. well, that's, that's so that's an apt comparison. Thank you. Is, okay, there you go. I should have led with that. Maybe I should have done some freaking research on anime. <laughs> I probably should have motherfucking done. Yeah, yeah no, I don't know. All right. Well, what we got is we got uh, we got twins. We got the the titular twins, Am in the English dub, played by Alison Brie, and Kare in the English dub, played by Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> so, in what world are those two twins? Doesn't matter. So. Kare and Am are bred dark side twins created for a single purpose. They've got two conjoined Star Destroyers with a big space weapon in the center of it, and it's fueled by a big kyber crystal. So there's a lot of familiar Star Wars imagery in this, from their outfits to lightsabers. Along with a bunch the, of bat shit stuff in between. Yeah, to the to the starships, to we we've got ATST walkers. Uh, uh, Stormtrooper armor, all kinds of that. A Gemini stuff. class uh, star destroyer, twins. Hey. You know, everybody catch that. Mm. Where did you catch? Is that what they it's call called? They call it Where? a Gemini class star destroyer. Master M, we have completed all of the final adjustments on the Gemini class star destroyer. Oh, mm. very cool. Yeah. So, twins. are you saying yeah. that the zodiac signs of our world are well, not canon, but canon in terms of the the world of the twins? They absolutely are. Yes, astrology never fails, my friend. Or counterpoint, it fails all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably more accurate. Okay, so both of them have their respective droids. Am has B20N, is a protocol droid, and Kare has an astromech named R-Duo. Kare turns against the dark and tries to bring his twin sister to the light. What ends up happening in an is an insane battle on top of the Star Destroyer's Gemini class. Did you guys know that? It's called Gemini class. (laughs) And she's wearing a helmet and he's not in space. Yes. Until a certain point, in which case neither one of them have a helmet on. (laughs) Moments of this battle include, but are not limited to, as you said, Caitlin, both Kare and Am fighting in space with no helmets or masks. Am growing six arms with six lightsabers, mm-hmm. using all of them then as light whips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kare using a blue saber to wrap up and cut away Am's whips. Mm-hmm. Giant battle of force lightning. Am pulling Kare's X-Wing back to her with the force. Kare extending his lightsaber to an insane size, jumping on the nose of his X-Wing and flying it to hyperspace. And while doing it, Cutting Am's armor off and also slicing one of the Star Destroyers in half. There you go. Yep. Those things happen they in happen. this. Yeah. They happen. Yeah. Yep. We yep. have to accept it. 
I'll yeah. tell you right now. After this one, this is where I took a break. I was I was planning on watching them all I and one also thing. Also had to sit down. <laughs> it's a, a lot because this, this one. one this one just don't stop. No, this one never stops. Never stopping. Yeah. It's insane. And and we end with Kari stolen X wing nose down in the sand, and he looks off determined to save his sister. Notable lines that I really loved in this one. This is where Kari is is about to jump in the X wing and get away with the big Kyber. Where were you planning on going with that? Kare to a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Oh man. Which, oh, it was heavy. so much. Well, it's no, so it's much. good. It's there, good. There, there's a lot of it. Like we haven't mentioned it yet, but like they they definitely repeat saying um, "punch it." Great. Now get ready to punch it. They yeah. repeat saying, uh, "I've got a bad feeling about this." Really? So you have a bad feeling about this? Is almost in every. Is almost in every everyone. episode, if not yeah. every episode. Yeah. But. I like it. You never hear galaxy far, far away. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Rarely hear that said out loud. Yeah, that's true. So I thought that was, it, I didn't expect it. And I was like, Am's response to that is don't be a fool. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> yeah. I like that. Um, and another spin on a familiar line, Kari, when he's about to do his insane hyperspace X-wing extendable lightsaber star destroyer slash he patent pending. <laughs> he says, <laughs> there is no try only do. I can make this work. And also our duo, as you said, our duo says they, they have a bad feeling about this in, in this one. Uh, yeah. This is too where the droid says it. It's like, oh, do you have a bad feeling about it? Okay. <laughs> cool. Very similar to the yeah. happy beeps moments in Last Jedi. Yep. Weird lines. Am says, are you planning to turn it over to the Republic? And so far it's all Imperial design. So I'm like. Wait, this the Republic in this era? I couldn't. My cannon brain switched on. I was like, what? The Galactic Empire or the Republic. I couldn't care less about either one of them. I don't know what that's about. But for me, it's not canon and who cares. But technically, it's not. So it's not said at any time. But for me, this could exist many, many years after the events of Rise of Skywalker. Mm. Yeah. There's a couple that like seem future-y. Yeah, the cycle. I mean, the those cycle, are like yeah. my favorites. Yeah. yeah, the cycle starts again. Yeah, just many, many, many years after that. Anyway, yeah. that's kind of my headcanon. That's yeah. how I like to think about it. Cool. Um, it's. I mean, no, it, it doesn't have to be anything. <laughs> this episode's a, like, yeah, a, a lot. Yeah, this episode's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, yeah, like we said, the imagery is definitely Star Wars from the Star Destroyers to the ATST Walkers. A lot of Force talk, and of course, twins. Uh, you know, obviously, there's a Star Wars connection there, and I think the big thing here is this is. Just action for days. For days. days. For days, right? Days. The action in this one was insane. Yeah. This was fun. The it, action, it, I, I mean, I, I just, th- this is where you, uh, the stuff they're doing here, you you can't, not only can you not get away with it in live action, you can't get, even get away with it in something like Clone Wars. Only anime can do something like this. And I feel free, I feel more than capable of saying that due to my vast anime background. <laughs> Right, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I imagine that that's what an- this is the kind of style that anime well, you could just, only do with. Yeah, anime. there's extremes. There's there's in in anime world. Yes, you know you extremes. Yeah, it, everything is extreme. That's part of the animation, part of the storytelling. You know, don't really ask questions about it. It's just crazy. Just pump it up. <laughs> exactly. More. Any other? Any yeah. More. Any, any any other thoughts on the twins, Caitlin and Bush? No, because. I, a, there's still quite a bit to get through, but B, like, yeah. there's just so much in that episode. And that's only episode three. Short, no, short number three. They're not episodes. Anyway, <laughs> if you will. Uh, no, but it, it also, it's open-ended, which is the thing with a lot of these. There's not a definitive end. 
So he's just going to go off and save his sister. So entirely possible to see what happens next with these two, just for the act. Cause we haven't done this yet for the action in this, in this episode. I, I, I haven't, and I haven't seen anything like it in star Wars before with star Wars things. Mind blown. Go. Okay, go. Good. We're going to move on. The Village Bride. Majina, may you rise. 18 minutes, studio, Kinema Citrus, Jedi, who's only known as F, played by Karen Fukuhara, who you might know from Suicide Squad and The Boys. I love her. Okay. I'm a big fan awesome. of her. Valko, played by Kari Hiroyuki, Tagawa, Saku, played by Stephanie Shea, Haru, the bride, played by Nicole Sakura, Asu, played by Christopher Sean, who played Kaz the Spaz in Star Wars Resistance. Amazing. <laughs> so we got some some alumni in here. And Great. then Azuma, played by Andrew Cashino, who was the first Saw Gerrera from Clone Wars and reappeared as him in Bad Batch before Forrest Whitaker mm-hmm. came along. Before I took over, he was me. <laughs> now we have here a fallen Jedi known only as F, as I said, joins Explorer Valko on a planet, witnesses a marriage ceremony between Haru and Asu. Nature and the Force are intertwined here into something the denizens call the Magina is involved Mm -hmm. and they have this phrase they say we are the sky we are the forest we are the river we are the one and for me this was very very miyazaki yeah and it's just a different understanding of the force yeah all all, it's the spirituality through nature for me just screams miyazaki yeah no i think it's great i i also um have not watched as much miyazaki as most of the people that i know um which i get a lot of heat for but uh, yeah, you you know about like twenty people, and all of them are really into Miyazaki. Yeah, like constantly. every single every single one of my extensive <laughs> group of friends like are super. You go into to it. the beach, yeah. and they kick copies of Totoro in your face. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so we so as I said, um, a local warlord again is gonna is gonna come the next day to take the bride who gave herself up to save the old village leader. F's master had has roots on this planet, and that's all the info we get about that. There are a lot of references to separatists here, yeah. um, which the the they left the battle droids behind, so the bandits could, took control of those. The separatists left room quote, for quote unquote for a different kind of horror. Saku and the other villagers want to fight back. One of them has glasses, so I was like, yeah, and not like space glasses, just legit frames. glasses, yeah, glasses. like Warby Parker frames. So I was like, <laughs> score one for for me glasses. and for Caitlin. Score two. The land is on their side here, but the bride will not allow it. F floats a stone in the woods one night, approached by Haru, and she asks, "Can you feel the Majina too?" If you can also feel it, I'm sure you understand. I have a bad feeling about this. If she goes, she'll protect her whole village and she won't be alone. So we then see F cut off her braid and drop her mask and things get real. The raiders come the next day. Izuma is being overly cautious, but is about to shoot Saku in the head. He says, no exceptions, I'm afraid. But the shot never reaches her. It's frozen in the air, Kylo style by F. She rebounds the shot back into Azuma's blaster. And then she's got, she lays down some amazing lines. Get a little of this. Majna, may you rise. And may the force be with you. How amazing is that? Yeah, that was Lovely. cool. 
That was cool. That's good stuff, yeah, right? That's yeah. good stuff. That's good Star Wars. Uh, that's yep. good Star Wars right there. Yeah. That's just good Star Wars. <laughs> the Explorer starts sniping them and then takes off his, his cool helmet. Yeah, his he's bucket. For a he's wearing, yeah, I, I was waiting to say bucket. something. It's a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bucket. Yeah. Well, you could have you could have just said it. Well, I've been waiting for the moment. I wanted to talk about the bucket head. No, I, it's I, the bucket. Like, yeah, because we were talking about how we don't know any of these characters' names. Like I know like, you know, you watch these shorts. He's and Valco. Like, yeah, but like do we, does do we say his do they say his name at all? In the credits, yeah, in the credits. So, so while I'm watching it, he's bucket like the buckethead. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> we call him the Explorer, but you, of course, you call him Buckethead. Buckethead, yeah, Buckethead, yeah. He's cool. Give put more respect. I say that endearingly. We're not saying uh, yeah, we're not yeah, saying yeah. it as a bad thing. He's yeah. just wearing didn't, a bucket on fantastic. his head. Yeah, tone tone didn't sound endearing. <laughs> okay. So anyway, Master Buckethead, um, or just not even a master. <laughs> no, he's just a buckethead. <laughs> he's an explorer. He's not a Jedi explorer at all. Buckethead. <laughs> he's like he's like a Lor Santeca to me. Is what yes, like. yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Anyway, what does the bucket do when he takes it off? It's a bucket bomb. It's like a, it's bomb. a bomb. Yeah, it's like a it's like a flamethrower. It's, it's like a bucket a, bomb. It's like a, a it like flies. It, I'll it tell explodes. You. you know, Halloween's coming up in a few weeks. That's a very easy costume. You know, you just get a bucket. You know, cut a hole in a bucket. <laughs> get a blanket off your bed. Dear Liza, yeah. dear Liza. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're you're in the in your Virgo or bucket. You're guy. In the, oh, yeah, the bucket it's, it's, it's 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 a classic yeah. Halloween costume. <laughs> You've got the ghost, you've got Dracula, and you've got Valco the Explorer from the fourth short in Star Wars Visions. See, that? there you go. That's my costume. Classic. Classic. And also, it's like, yeah, it's an easy costume to make. It's a helmet with some holes in it that can also blast off fly and turn into a bomb. <laughs> yeah. Bucket bomb. Good luck with that one, yeah, parents. Loved this one. All right. Anyway. Anyway, the Raiders all the, the most he gets the he gets the droid control units. The droids power down. The Raiders run. Azuma grabs Haru, and this is where F has her moment. Sparks up a yellow katana shaped blade, and then poses very carefully. And this moment, I am in love with this moment. We get a close up of her shoe, which I didn't realize is a is a electri- heel is a mechanical high heel. It's a heel, and not just a heel, but a heel. Right, like that's like a three, four inch. Like you're gonna wear is, that to a wedding, yeah. kind of. It's like do yeah. not sashay away in this heel or yeah. something. I don't know if I got that reference right, but <laughs> it the, it clicks into a different position. I was like, oh lord, okay, this is the opposite of Bryce Dallas Howard running in heels in Jurassic World. This is the cool version of that. <laughs> it clicks in a different way. She shifts position, much like in Star Wars, the fight between second fight between Maul and Obi Wan. Very brief change of stance, and then done. She shifts the position, runs, we cut, we see a drop blaster, and Azuma just opened his mouth, and he's dead. And we look, and she's down, blade is out, yeah. and it all, that's all it took. Yep. Villagers watch her depart, and the Explorer, too, and she's off. Um, we're going to go to Caitlin's mother, who I think has similar thoughts to me on the Jedi only known as F. Caitlin's mother, do you want to weigh in on F? I would like to see more of that character. Yep. Me too. <laughs> I yeah. love F. Yeah. Yeah. It's very How interesting cool character. is she? Fascinating. And we don't know any, it's like he said, your me- his connection myth. I want to know more. I want to know more about all of this. Yeah. Thoughts on the village bride, Matt Romano. Oh, I love it. Buck- yeah. No, other I love- than Buckethead. Other than Buckethead. <laughs> yeah. I love it. This one definitely um, turned around for me at the end. Like I wasn't into it. And then everything kind of came together at the end. It, I was gay. I it, loved it. Yeah. It's a slow it's a burn. Slow, it's a slow, it's a slow burn. Yeah. Slow burn and you have, but I and love you, and you don't have, it's slow burning. You don't have any patience. I have so. no patience none whatsoever. And uh, I also really uh, loved the, the, 
the Raiders ship, the bad guy's ship. It was like a Carillion ship. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, it was, was uh, not, it was not an Outrider. Yeah, it wasn't an Outrider. It was, it was, it was, it's in the family. Yeah, it's it in is the in the family. Yeah, so I'm I really you brought up the, you. you brought up the bucket helmet before that. <laughs> well, That's what I like to put him, you know, in the time. It is a slow burn, but for me, once this as a whole, what it taught, what it brought to the idea of the force and made me think of all that. And you know, I love different spins and, and everything on the force. It was just, it was magical. Very much the living force. Yeah, there's no other way for me to say it but magical. Caitlin and Bush, any thoughts before we move on on the Village Bride? Uh, This is one of my favorites, unexpectedly. Yeah, so I'll 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 spoil it out. It's one of my favorites too. I was not expecting it, but I'm not saying it's the favorite. I'm not spilling that tea yet, but it's one of my favorites. I really like. Well, here's an episode that everybody hates. (laughs) Just (laughs) yeah, (laughs) everyone's least favorite, the Ninth Jedi. No, the Ninth Jedi. It's also one of the longest ones. Twenty-two minutes. Studio production. Ig. Get a load of this cast. Margrave Juro, Master Juro, played by again Andrew Cashino, Proto Saw Gerrera. La Cara, played by Kamiko Glenn, who you might recognize uh, from Orange is the New Black and or Waitress on Broadway. Mm. The Narrator, played by Neil Kaplan. Jedi Ethan, played by Heroes alum Masi Oka. Sabersmith Zima, played by Shang-Chi himself, Simu Lu. Roden, played by Jag Chun. And a whole handful of other wonderful Jedi and and the And special shout out to the Boatman droid, J.P. Carliac again, yeah. all of that was the English dub. Uh, this one also really, this and the Village Bride benefit from from watching again in the Japanese dub. If you want to <laughs> check out the twins in the Japanese dub, if you really want to get your butt if you really want to ride. <laughs> so Jedi Jedi Master Juro hopes to revive the Jedi Order. Kara may hold the key. Daughter of legendary lightsabers, a le- legendary lightsaber smith, and right off the bat we're like what lightsaber smith that's not how you do it first you go to ilum and you get your kyber crystal and then you're on that ship with the david tennant droid and he puts together hey 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 i wasn't done but also matter i'm done brian (laughs) that's what i'm saying it's like that's what inside of me says it's like no 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 it's a lightsaber smith that's how it is that's how it is that's what we're doing it's cool it's a yeah it's cool it's a cool mom he's a cool light smith so this is a totally different way of doing it. We've got an asteroid base where the Margrave Juro has sent out messages to lost Jedi, promising them lightsabers if they come to a special asteroid temple. And he sent out seven, right? Yes, seven. Um, there are seven. On the planet, we meet Kara, and she watches giant cables on trebuchets fly up into space to snag asteroids that have kybers in them. And I love that. Loved I it. just I love that whole thing. So Kara takes a little droid uh, and goes off on a speeder, and the visuals and the music here really made me think of Ray. Love and that it. feeling didn't love really it. stop for the whole time. Do you agree, Caitlin Ambush? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I loved that comparison. Yes. Because um, I thought I was feeling I'm like, I bet Caitlin is too, because I know we're both we both really love Ray's theme. Yep. And she's taken off on the speeder. Reminded me a lot of that. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so she arrives at her father's workshop. Her father is the Sabersmith, and he's making lightsabers and not making the donuts. She ignites one, and this is what you were talking about, Matt. Th- yeah. These change size as well and 
skin color based on who is wielding it. Again, something the movies thought of doing, but never really did. Yeah, it was a that. George love Lucas that. thought that he never really ended up doing. When Kara uses it, there's no real color. She's not connected to the force enough yet. It still works. It's like this mossy kind of like yeah. see through. Yeah, I like it. You can almost yeah. It's kind of like glass. Yeah, I like um, it. Yeah, it, it's kind of cool enough as it is, but she's not content. She wants to be connected to the force enough for this to be a real saber. But yeah. I'm like, it's not force FX, but it's pretty cool. Now, the sabers for the Margrave are done on time, but down comes a ship and some sketchy looking red eyed people wraps up the sabers and quests Kara to bring them to the Margrave. Be careful and may the force be with you. Mm-mm. Now go. She goes, the dudes break in and accuse him of crafting sabers for masterless Jedi, something I get accused of all the time. The thugs knock him out, the place explodes, Kara is off with them and in pursuit, but he's not dead. Sabersmith is not dead and she does see that, but they do seize him. Meanwhile, giant steward droid mines the Jedi who are increasingly impatiently waiting at the asteroid tap for, for, for yeah. a Margrave Juro and the lightsabers. Give me my lightsabers now. They're very entitled. And they also keep asking about the next Game of Thrones book. They really want it. <laughs> Kara's now in a speeder chase, uses the saber to deflect blasters, and they note, the pursuers note, the force is strong in her. Again, the action here I thought was great. Mm-hmm. I, I loved Kara with Everything. the lightsaber on the speeder. Her droid, her droid. Yeah, the, little droid. the design, the action, so all all of this was really great. She arrives at a depot, depot, depot. We're not going back there. Um, it has a, this is a cool looking tea drinking droid. And she says, we need to get to the aerial temple ASAP. He's the only functioning one. I'm on my break. Now she convinces him and they go. Kara arrives at the temple and tells them her father was taken by the Jedi hunters. And she ne- and she takes out the sabers and says, use these to help save him. And they all take one and they all spark up. And what color are they? Uh, Caitlin and Bush. Red blades. <laughs> wow, nice. You're all all of them except Ethan. So all of them are Sith. I yeah. love this so much. The tension that built up to this Great. moment was Fantastic. so what a, good. What a cool way to yeah. do that reveal. Matt Romano, yeah. did you see that coming? I didn't see it coming. No, and, I didn't and on either. Second was watch, a... it's like, of course, of course yeah. they were all yeah. Sith. You know, but the first watch did not see it coming. I gasped. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't see it coming either, Caitlin? Nope. I didn't see it coming. It was such a cool way to reveal it. Yeah. You set up this thing that the Sabres can do this and then they do. It was just really imagined. Yeah. I felt silly for not get for not seeing it coming. But you you think it's it's all connected to Kara and what she can do in her connection to the force. You don't think that it'll also reveal something like this. It's very creative way of doing it. Anyway, the big, big droid opens up. And of course, inside is Margrave Juro, who's been there the whole time. <laughs> he sparks up a green saber and starts fighting all these Sith. Kara sparks up her saber and takes them on too. The pilot, the tea drinking pilot droids just watching and he goes, nice move. Yes. Nice moves. That was a Break little, droid. little, little bit, little bit of comedy in there. Kara fights as she fights. Her saber slowly turns green. Mm. So I thought that was really cool. Red lightning attack on Juro. He holds it back, but barely. Kara jumps to help, and all of the pretenders now are defeated except one whose saber has now turned purple. 
So he says he was consumed by the other's darkness and they buy it. Yeah. They let it go. Yeah. They don't, I thought they were going to, okay, that's a nice story slash, but they're like, okay, we can nurse him back there. There you can come back. And that's very old Republic, very high Republic. It's, it's not absolute at all. Well, and they trust the lightsaber. The lightsaber doesn't lie. You know, yeah. it's like, that's it. That's an excellent, it's, it's yep. the ultimate mood ring. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Yeah. So that's a very good point. It's like, well, well, it's purple. And yeah. it makes, you know what? Damn it, Matt. You're right. Because <laughs> Come on. who else has a purple saber is Mace Windu. That's right. And, and he what rides form that line between the two is, so well. Is Vapod, yep. which yep. is just bridging into the dark side. And he's yep. the only one powerful to do it and stay away. Ah, oh, that is there such go. a good point. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks, everybody. Damn. All right. Good night, everybody. Sound the hot take <laughs> Sound the hot take alarm. <laughs> Sound the hot take alarm. Yeah, and there you go. Mind blown. Wow. Gorgeous. All right. That's that's it. I, I I love Thank it. Thank you. I'm love I love it. Okay. <laughs> so Juro says he recently learned that a number of the ones he called were taken and replaced with Sith. So he's gonna go and help find Kara's father. Juro senses other Jedi out there somewhere. Juro, and they have Ethan with him. Ethan's the only one who's non-Sith. So there are eight. Juro asks Kara to go with him to take her place as the ninth Jedi. A ship approaches and those left get on board and they zoom off. And here's where the, the this thing just caps off as being amazing to me. The camera pans around on the base, which has a bright light at, at, that has now broken free. And as we pan around and rotate, it's a giant lightsaber mm. in space mm -hmm. and the hilt is the asteroid and the light coming up. This just to me felt like the pilot of a whole new show. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted like more, yeah. more than yeah. any yeah. of the others, yeah. like a pilot for a whole new show. I was in love with this one. Caitlin and Bush thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, all uh, this was one of my, this is my top three. This is one of my yeah. top yeah. three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I don't think I'm alone in that because obviously everyone else in the universe no, loved it. No, you're not. This is one that's I don't want to say trending or or whatever, but, but it, people pe understandably people love, this. love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Matt Romano. Yeah, no, I know. I love that. I mean, for the green lightsabers alone. I mean, if you like green lightsabers, then Star Wars Vision is green lightsabers. <laughs> and, <laughs> you, and you and you know, and, and we're not even close to done with the. We're green not even done with the lightsaber. We haven't scratched the surface. But but like you guys said, like. This felt like a pilot, like we should totally see a whole new series. And and Star Wars, we never get to go in the future. Like, it's one of the most interesting time periods. Like, we went into the future, obviously, with the sequel trilogy. But, like, you know, we didn't break anything new ground, a lot of so new ground. That's, in inter the, that's you know, interesting. Like so say this, you had to put this in a time period, blast it to your head. You're saying you'd put this in the future. Yeah, you'd I put actually this post, I immediately put you'd, this post. You'd put this sequel post trilogy. Skywalker. Yep. Yeah, post rise. I think, I, it, I think yep. it could fit there. I also think it could fit Old Republic. Yeah, yeah, good. I mean, I'm not saying either. Way. I, I like your thing. Yeah, in that this is many, many years after. It, you either have the twins or this, or even concurrently. Well, it's many years after, and 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 you have like this Darth Vader esque character, but he's the good guy. You know, uh, like uh, it's I don't know. It's a lot of so, some more subversion. Yeah, more subversion. Subversion. Yeah, flipping subversion. This the flamethrower. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I just really love this. Uh, to me, I, th I think I, I, I like it your way that this is many, many years post yeah. Rise of Skywalker. And I just thought the voice work and, and everything was fantastic. And this visuals just all around re really great mix. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so I think we're all in agreement on that one. Moving on to how about another complete change of oh, pace? Oh, man, yep. <laughs> 
Oh, Lord. Buckle up, buckaroos. <laughs> Meet my friend, T.O.B. One. I keep having these dreams, and in them, I'm a great Jedi. Now, you might think we don't have much to say about this, but the more I think about it, the more this is fascinating to me. Yeah. So, anyway, and this is probably the most out there style that, at least for me, 14 minutes, studio of science, Saru, T.O.B. One, played by Jaden Waldman in the English dub, Mitaka, played by Kyle Chandler, known probably to audiences from Friday Night Lights and the 2005 King Kong, Inquisitor, played by Neil Kaplan. So, a droid pretends to be a Jedi, but gets the attention of an Inquisitor by accident. But the important thing here is the synopsis only refers to him as a cybernetic boy. Yeah. Does not say droid. I'll Mm. add, it seemed very much to me, and I think a lot of people are agreeing, that it's a take on Astro Boy. Yeah. Yes. Whose name is, I think, Tobio in the original. So this is very much like a take on the same thing. That's it, because it's, so it's Astro Boy for me mixed with Pinocchio. Yeah. A healthy side of A also made me then think of AI and Haley Joel Osment. Mm. And Tio himself reminds me of Broom Boy from Last Jedi a little bit, that he's playing Jedi. Like you said, definitely Astro Boy first and foremost, Caitlin, but also it's it's such a weird style, but still rooted in Star Wars because they're not on Tatooine, but the planet has multiple suns. Mataka's home looks like the Lars homestead. Drawings on the walls are all the familiar Star Wars elements, plus a lot of Arabesh all yeah. over the place. So it's still definitely Star Wars. It's just really weird. We start with a RoboCop opening shot as Mataka, from Tio's point of view, as Mataka turns him on. Thankfully, the rest of this was not RoboCop because that would have been really disturbing um, with this style. Mataka looks like the nice doctor from Mega Man and he's got a big cloud beard and a monocle. And you said the name... T-O-B-1, Toby, it, uh, references Astro Boy, which I wasn't aware of, yeah. Caitlin. But I didn't notice, it's right there, Toby, T-O-B-1, O-B-1, Kenobi. Yeah. I didn't, I guess that's kind of there too. I didn't even notice it. For me though, right off the bat, what it evoked was to be, dot, 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 and though it doesn't say it, or not to be. Mm. Um, because yes, oh. this boy is cyber. That, because that is the question. Of course, that's where your brain went to, of course. See, I went right to Toby. Yeah, I was like, his name is Toby. Yeah, yeah it's Went cute. to Toby. Yeah, but it, that's it, better. This boy is cybernetic. But what really constitutes existing, what really constitutes life? Mm. And this is how this gets deeper every time I watch it or think about it, which I would never have thought when I first watched this. He wants to see the galaxy, but the galaxy is terrifying and full of danger, and he has fantasies. So if a droid can play and dream and have fantasies, is he not conscious? Mm. Yep. So he really, and his droid pal CO3, who's some kind of astromech, he just wants to go out and play Jedi, and Mataka knows being a Jedi is not glamorous. He's like, it's not about adventure or excitement. Still, he tells him about the Force and go out and get a kyber crystal. There's one rule in this house, don't go in the basement. (laughs) <laughs> so, of course, they go in the basement where there's a T-16 Skyhopper in there. He jumps in and plays Jedi and unfortunately says, hello, I'm a Jedi and I'm here on this thing. And an Inquisitor picks up the signal and <laughs> finds it. Mataka scolds him. And also, uh, Mataka makes it clear he can use the Force former Jedi Knight or former Jedi in some capacity. Mm-hmm. I don't, Do you see Mataka with that beard monocle charging on the field in Geonosis, Matt Romano? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. 
or teaching, okay. you know, at the Jedi Academy or something. Yeah, I don't know. with Terra yeah. Sanube. Yeah. It's like yeah, back exactly. in his in his prime, yeah. he didn't have that that Santa thing going right, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's like Santa Claus the Jedi. Maybe that's a Ooh, thing. I don't know. There you go. Um, hey, no canon, no rules. <laughs> a Thai Reaper lands, Mataka leaves Tia with two parts of a saber and says, I am one with the Force. The Force is with me. Oh, loved it. Yep. Loved it. Very good. Um, we all love that line. Tells Tio to hide. When Tio eventually comes out, the place is trashed and there's a cairn. So Mataka is dead in the cairn. He puts the saber parts away and continues the professor's research meant to bring life back to the planet. Eventually he succeeds uses the force to put the saber back together, which now has a kyber crystal in it. So yeah. T.O. is force sensitive. Yes. Immediately made me think of Padawan, Padawan rather, immediately <laughs> made me think of Padawan Brett, who's a part of a Star Wars role-playing game, which longtime listeners probably don't remember this, but I visited it virtually a while back and they had a force sensitive droid in their game. And I thought that's hmm. crazy, but how is this possible? How is he built? Uh, are some of the parts organic? If so, maybe the midichlorians found a way. Am I overthinking this, Caitlin and Bush? Yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah, because okay. none of you this just is think- canon. Yeah, I know, but it's still it's, it's he's fun. a droid, and it's the continued oh, it's-, it's the continued narrative and question of you know, like you mentioned, you know, do do androids dream of electric sheep? That kind of thing. It is a classic yeah. science fiction question. Of whether or not what counts as as consciousness, what counts as as humanity, all of these things. And, of course, droids in Star Wars for many, many years have been kind of sidelined. So it's interesting to see a, a story that was the hero was maybe not actually called a droid, but an uh, android kind of human-esque droid yeah. creature. Yeah, yeah. More on more on that side, yeah. I I I would love to stop overthinking it. I just can't. <laughs> I know it's in, I, it's insane. That's why we're here. Yeah. Um. So I'm just. How is this possible? I don't care because you're right. It is fun. Um. The midichlorians uh mm, found a way. An inquisitor craft comes down eventually, though, and it's familiar. It's with very familiar craft from Rebels. An inquisitor comes out who isn't familiar. We we don't really know which one it is, and it doesn't really matter. Tio sparks up and they fight. Mataka appears to him as a force ghost in the place that isn't unlike the world between worlds. I know I don't want to bust ah, that out, but <laughs> there you go. Um, I, I can't help it. Um, he comes out. Tio comes out of the vision and goes at the inquisitor with a droid. Jumps on his back and he almost does this Voltron move with these wings coming out mm. and he goes at him full with the force. And we get a glimpse of the rebellion starbird and the Jedi emblem. And he takes out the inquisitor. His arm gets cut off, but the inquisitor's down. He and CO then get in the skyhopper and say, they're going to continue the professor's research and keep helping other planets. We will continue our research and the professor's legacy of helping planets. Cause that's what Jedi do. So he really realizes that it's not all, you know, lightsabers and adventure, excitement. It's about service. It's really that lesson all over again in a completely different way. Yeah. Um, And the only other thing I wrote, WTF is going on with this one? Question mark. Because this one's weird. Yeah. It's weird. It's it's different. I like it. Matt Romano, do you think it's the weirdest one of, of the group? Yeah, it's definitely the weirdest one of the group. And like, it, it, it's, it's hard to rank these. Like, I feel like I, I definitely have a top three. But then after yeah. three, it's like, I don't know. It's all toss up. Like, I kind of enjoyed them equally. Uh, but this one falls a little down 
the latter because it's probably the the biggest departure from Star Wars. I don't know. Is that a right? I mean, thing it is, and it isn't. <laughs> it is, I mean, and it isn't. It, I it's, know. but I, I know what you mean. It, it's because you know, a lot of these, most of these are are, are Jedi Force lightsaber based. There's yeah. no real space aside from the twins with a little semi space battle. There's not a lot of spaceships and no dogfighting or anything well, like and that. And he's also not so, a traditional Star Wars droid. You know, he's yeah. he's no. very much transplanted from something else. Yeah, he's Astro Boy. He's Astro Boy. Yeah, there you go. Yep, exactly. Would that have made a difference? Yeah, I think this is either gonna be. Yeah, it was great, but it's nowhere close to my favorite for some people. Yeah, or it's going to be their number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you, if this is if this is your thing, then it's going to skyrocket to the top. Take no prisoners, no question. Yep. Or it is like happy to have you. We like you. And the thing is, I don't dislike. I'll just say this now: I don't dislike any of these. Uh, it, it goes saying if you go under extras on Disney Plus, you can watch a behind the scenes, very short things on each one of these. And it's very clear that the directors and the writers and everybody making these mm-hmm. love Star Wars and they and they no, want no. you to share that. Oh, love. yeah, yeah. Totally. And so they're just doing what they're doing. And it's hard to be cynical about any of these yeah. when I watch those and there's just such love being put into it. So, yeah, like you said, there are some I love and some I like. And but even the ones that on first viewing, I was like, eh. I can't get out of my head sometimes. There's yeah. something about it. Yeah. But this one is, I think you said, Caitlin, this is a, a special one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, tra- uh, child, son, trash son. Child. Child. You know, child child of mine. Sweet, sweet baby boy. Sweet, <laughs> sweet baby, baby boy. boy. Sweet yeah. baby boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's move on to the other one from Trigger, which is, couldn't be more different from the twins, the elder. A couple of days ago, an elder from an unknown tribe visited. 16 minutes. Padawan Dan, played by Jordan Fisher. Jordan! Master Tajin, played by David Harbour. I didn't know he was in this. Oh, that was him. That was him. Yeah. I wrote down like what a yeah. this guy's voice is wonderful. Like it was like yeah. so what a soothing duo. and, and Han yeah. Solo-esque and I don't know. Harrison Ford-esque. I'll pretend I didn't hear that. It's, it's like, excuse me, sir. Could you be vers could you please be versatile? Yeah, yeah. It's like going from Red Guardian and Black Widow to this. Yeah. It's you'd barely Iconic. notice it's the same guy. Wow. And he's so good here. And the old man, the the titular elder, played by James Hong. Not only a legend in his own right, but we'll remember from our coverage of Star Wars Rebels. Show me what you have on your Rebels. That he was the voice of Caitlin's favorite character as Morrigan. Calrathian. Calrathian. But he's also a legend in his own right. Okay, so we got the pacifist Jedi Tajin and his Padawan Dan, and they're pursuing a dark presence on the outer rim. The seeds of misfortune in peaceful soil can be very easy to overlook, the master says. He feels the disturbance in the force, and they land, feel something dark and sinister. They visit a tribe that says an elder visited here lately. They go and find him, and Dan says, well, he's just an old man. How hard can he be? And the old man says... He, he, uh, he asks him if he's a Sith. The Sith became far too obsessed with trying to outwit each other. It resulted in them completely neglecting their destiny. And so they are now extinct. The Elder then draws two red blades. Tajin senses it. Dan spar- sparks up a blue blade. The Elder attacks, and he is no joke. He senses someone, but it wasn't Dan. It's also weird every time I say Dan that there's a it Padawan just says, Jedi, like Padawan Every time they said Dan. Dan, I was like, yeah. Dan? 
Really? Credits. Dan. His last name is Javash. So it's like Dan, Dan, Luke. It's like, yeah. That's more Star Warsy. All right. Probably two A's. Dan. You know, D-A-N. Yeah, it's, it's not. Dan. It's just it's D-A-N. Just Dan. <laughs> I looked it up specifically because it was not, bothering me so much. Yeah, okay. it's not. It's not like figuring Dan. It's just Dan. Right, um, yeah. So, so, anyways, he was sent. He's sensing the master, not the Padawan. It doesn't take long before Dan is down. He's not dead. Rain begins, and the master approaches. He sparks up a green blade. Elder sparks up again, and fight resumes. Tajin's no joke either. He manages to get one of the elder's sabers, katanas, out from him, cuts it in half. The elder is pissed and shoots force lightning. Tajin parries it. Dan's saber is in the mix, flies out and helps. Tajin runs the, uh, ends up running the elder through. Before dying, he takes out a switch and hits it, and his ship explodes. Then he breaks apart like a pile of black coal. <laughs> and later, Dan is fine, but the ship is completely destroyed. So who was he? What was he? Where did he come from? As he's, as no he's flying a ship that was based off of an old Sith model, too. Yeah. Right, exactly. So what's his and story? There's yeah. no evidence left. And the master says... If he fought and he says, it doesn't matter, you beat him. And the master says, well, if I'd fought him in his prime, I would never have won. What really defeated the elder was time and the weakness that comes with age. He says, with power, you can protect those without it, but it is also impermanent. He says he will weaken, but Dan will grow strong. Do not forget your training and your kindness. And I loved the interplay between master and Padawan here. Yeah. I thought it was such a, a, a what a, what's the word I'm looking for? Iconic depiction of that relationship. Yeah. Would you agree, Matt Romano? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I said before that like, uh, that um, Tatooine Rhapsody was like the most in, like, canonical of, of the bunch, but this one could totally also be a story that just throw right in the, the high Republic era. Yeah, between Republic, between anywhere. between High Republic yep. and uh, and Phantom Menace, yeah, between the end of High Republic and Phantom Menace, this could take place there. Yeah, just, it's amazing, and and um, and like the Elder was terrifying. And there, the, like, talk about yeah. great animation. There were these the like eyes, yeah, the eyes, and like when he would run the towards, uh, run run towards him, like the the uh, what, yeah. I forgot the Padawan's yeah. name ready. Dan. Dan. Oh yeah. Okay. Dan was the Padawan. Okay. Dan, you there? He's when he's charging towards Dan, uh, like he, you see his eyes, like like really, I don't know, like in one frame, it's very terrifying. Very terrifying, yeah. The the sinews of his muscles and everything, yeah. the way that is, yeah. it's it's it and the, between the eyes, yeah, it, it gave me a feel of you know the original Rankin Bass animated Hobbit. Yes, um, yes. yes. Go- oh my god. Go- Gollum in that, yeah, yes. which is freak, freak nightmare fuel freak show. Talk about a completely different a- animation style between yeah. the twins and the elder, since this is the same production company. Yeah, yeah it's really. I mean, they're they're, they're one of the top studios around. They, I'm sure they're really happy to have my endorsement. <laughs> no, no, I one of my favorite lines in all of Star Wars probably is uh, when the the elder says, to him, "How incredibly boring you are." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, burn. And it's also just yeah. such a great performance, not only from David Harbor, from Jordan Fisher but also from James Hong, yeah. who can do no wrong, who's never been bad, but it's very different yeah. from as Morrigan. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. He's Just terrifying little. here. Mm. Just, you know, a wee bit of a difference. Any other thoughts? Caitlin and Bush, any other thoughts on The Elder? Because this one is, is also very high for me. This is a, this is a, this is a high one for me. Um, I think I do want to move on to the next one, though, yeah. which is, I think, my number one. I know Ooh. you have thoughts on this. Lop and Ocho. We are going to become a proper family. 
20 minutes. Studio, Gino Studio, Twin Engine, Lop in the English dub played by Anna Cathcart and there, and her droid TD4. Now, as we were we got into a little bit before this one, I did not expect to go hard or dark because it's about a bunny girl. It's a yeah. bunny. Yeah. It's, it's she's literally a bunny. a bunny. Yeah. She's a girl and she's a bunny. And that the creator the creator wanted Lop to be a bunny girl just because. I just want this girl there's, to be a bunny. There's no and, <laughs> rhyme reason. We've never yeah. seen, as far as I know, Brian, correct me if I am wrong, but as far as I'm I know, we to. have never seen a specifically in canon cute <laughs> ass bunny race of beings. Okay, well, in canon, I'll say Jackson as a, a, because not from Jack, a certain point I know of, Jackson, not Jackson. Yeah, from a certain point of view is canon, so therefore Jackson is canon now. Ah. But here's what happened. <laughs> he wanted the bunny, and he I think he reached out. I think it was the story group. He says, is there a species like that? Because he was just going to make this. If not, he was just going to make this. But if one already exists, I'll make them one of those. And they said, actually, they do. The Lepus carnivorous, which Jesus. is Jackson's species, ah. the big green rabbit. Oh, my God. And they said Lop is a smaller kind of that species as Jackson is really tall and Lop is not. And they come from the planet Coachell Prime, which was a joke that somehow wound up into a book of canon. And this joke was made by Pablo Hidalgo years ago, many years ago. And it wound up in this book of canon completely accidentally. And it's a joke. It's a joke. And it's like it's Coachell Prime. Like, so pretty much. Both Lop and Jackson come from Coachella. Oh Lord, Coachella, <laughs> and they hang out. They hang out with Selena Gomez all the time. <laughs> oh my God. Well, can we talk about just Lop? Lop being like just a great bunny name. If you're going to name a bunny, yes. like Lop, it's a great, great bunny name. Great bunny name. Yeah, I'm about ready to buy a rabbit and call it Lop. <laughs> I don't know why the other girl is called Ocho, yeah. but. I mean, very little about this makes sense, and but Jimmy cracked corn, and I don't care. So this bunny girl, Lop, here's the deal. Uh, she's a slave. Uh, she's a slave, but her name is Lop. Um, sorry. She's a slave, and she runs into Ocho and her father, who are very rich on this planet, which is very, again, very feudal Japan, and it's under imperial control, and it's really the animation of this planet is gorgeous. Their resources are being sucked away by the Empire. Ocho befriends Lop instantly. Her father drops a dank ferric. Dank ferric. Do you notice that? Yeah, yeah. And Ocho insists that they adopt Lop. They take a nice hollow photo as Ocho says, we're going to become a proper family. Cut to seven years later. Everything's gone wrong. We're not. Things on this, (laughs) yeah. What happens when the Empire's on your planet for seven years? Everything bad. Ocho is now high for the Empire is all in for the Empire. They're good. Her father is against it. Lop is stuck in the middle. An Imperial officer is using Ocho as a pawn. Meanwhile, their father gifts the family heirloom to Lop, and it's a lightsaber. It should have gone to Ocho, but Ocho has obviously gone full Imperial, so he gives it to Lop and says, instead and says, I'm sorry if I ever gave her more attention. A Jedi died here, but entrusted his saber to another. The saber and the techniques have passed on every generation since. And there's a starbird insignia and Jedi symbol are both seen. And the saber is the bond between parent and child. So this is happening between the father and Lop. Mm -hmm. And now it's hers. He says, this may be the end of our family, but I'm glad you're part of it. Glad you're part of the family, not the end. Because... (laughs) 
this is you come out against the empire you're not going to last. Yeah. And so the father's really taking a chance here. And he flies off to go meet with the Imperials. Lop sees an explosion over at the compound. She gets gets in a speeder and drives off. She gets halfway there and then uses, again, an umbrella to fly the rest of the way. What is yeah. it with the series of umbrellas? Yeah. I don't know, but I'm into it. It's, it's like great, Bunny Girl with like, a lightsaber what? flying Why? with an umbrella. It's like one of those things should be taken out of that equation, theoretically. <laughs> but- it's just madness, and I'm here for it. Inside, the father is sword fighting with Ocho. It's father against daughter, and it's really uncomfortable. She's now wearing an imp uniform and has cut her, her family braid off. Lop runs in. The father is missing his one good eye. Lop has to stop Ocho. Save her. That's what a family does for each other in difficult times. Ocho is just talking like an asshole. Here and really <laughs> defending the empire and some of the points I'm like, yeah, but it's the empire. It's like when a character goes full in on the imperial propaganda, it's like, and they try and talk you through. It's like, okay, but it's the empire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're slavery. Your, your adopted sister. Come on. Anyway, the, the father clutches Ocho's braid. She goes to deliver a killing blow, but Lop sparks up. The blade is green. Ocho is so pissed that Lop has this because she's the successor. Yeah. Inheritance has nothing to do with blood. There is so much that matters more. Duels ensue. Ocho ends up flying off. The family is ruined, but a barely functioning TD is left playing the message that they made at the beginning of being a proper family. And it's going in and out as this droid is damaged. It is really, really sad and tragic and it features a bunny girl. And I just, that was not what I was expecting from Lop and Ocho. Caitlin and Bush thoughts. Uh, I am interested to see what happens when furries get a hold of this episode. <laughs> oh, ooh, Talk hey. about not knowing what to expect. I did not <laughs> think you were going to say that. Um, I just, I was so charmed by this episode and I was not expecting such a, uh, they packed so much into such a short period of time, all of these themes, which is are yeah. expected from Star Wars about family, about legacy, about good versus evil. Um, and it's a freaking bunny girl and she's adorable. Yeah, she's fantastic. She is. Oh my God. And the animation was just gorgeous and her little droid buddy is the cutest yeah. thing ever. I just, I love it. So for you, is this, is this, um, if I know, th- I, I know you love strong thematic storytelling and you also love cute. Yeah. And this seems like the perfect marriage of those things. So this really is all tied up in a Caitlin ambush bow, isn't it? Yeah. I really, I think this is my favorite episode. Yeah. I'd feel really? it's going to be. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Matt Romano thoughts from you on Lop and or Ocho. Hey, uh, loved it. You know, uh, <laughs> There we go. All right, let's do this, Matt. Oh, no, no, no. Let's I really do did. this. Forest alive. No, I really Lop did. Lop and Ocho loved it. <laughs> no. Lo- great bunny name. Great bunny name. Looking, great lightsaber. Looking forward to Love some, that. To some yeah. Lop cosplay from you, Matt. Oh, all the cosplay. All the Lop cosplay. But no, no, it's really. It's probably easier to make than a Buckethead. <laughs> You'll see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dress up as Buckethead for Halloween this year and send you a picture. Um but yeah, no, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought like I, this one, another one, which I just I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. It, at first, I was like, "Oh man, this is a slog," and then it kind of turns on its head, and it's like, "Okay, that was what? that was entertaining." What it's what is it with you and slow burns? 
I thought it was. He I wants that instant yeah. gratification. That, that sounds, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, is the, this is the internet. Yeah. I mean, Brian. that sounded yeah, that sounded bitchy coming out. But I honestly, it's like, well, you know, I think you know why what it is. It's when you're watching all these in succession, and they're so wildly different. Like yeah. it's you know, I don't succession know. is also a slow burn show. <laughs> that it's sure true. is. It's yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Well, beast mode. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, anyway, I, I I thought this would be kind of it's the bunny girl. I thought it'd be cutesy and kind of silly. Yeah, it was wow. not. It was no, not. Twas twas not. Anyway, wrapping up the ninth and final short, Akakiri. Who would have thought there'd be a Sith hidden among the royal family? Thirteen minutes, Studio Science Saru. We've got a packed cast again for the English dub here. Masago played by Lorraine Toussaint. Misa played by Jamie Chung. Subaki, Henry Golding. We have Kamahachi, played by Keone Young, who has been in so many things, but you, I, I'm most familiar with him as Mr. Wu from Deadwood. Um, Senshu, the great George Takei. Second time he's popped up in Star Wars animation. Ah, yeah. We all remember him as Lockdood of the Separatist Alliance. And the master, <laughs> played by Paul Nakauchi. Now, a Jedi returns to his forbidden love to help her defend against a Sith-like Shogun. So this has success written all over it. A lot more feudal Japan here, though very different styling. Um, he's got a lot of haunting visions, and his de- he thinks his destiny is one thing, and it's probably not going to be. In terms of this title, I had no idea what it meant. And I looked it up and I couldn't find a translation of it anywhere. Maybe I was looking in the wrong place. But so I asked the producers directly. I'm like, I'm sorry to have to ask, but what does Akakiri mean? And it means red mist or red fog. Mm. The Jedi here is lost in fog. And obviously his destiny is found out to be of the dark side, which is the red. Um, So I thought that was once I was like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. Because this one also got really dark mm-hmm. and I was not, exp- it's the final one. I was expect, wasn't expecting it to be such a downer. Cause if you're it's watching these in order, mm-hmm. it's like, and that's the end of the shorts. It's like, wow, that is a dark place to leave it. Um, we have a, another, there's big Kurosawa influence here as well, because the characters Kamahachi and Senshu are based on three PO and R2, except yep. they're obviously human beings who in turn, 3PO and R2, are based on similar human characters in Kurosawa's Hidden Fortress. Hmm. So it's a kind of Earl Burris of influence going on here. Yeah, We've got a big crashing B-Wing, familiar aliens on two-legged mounts, the Jedi named Tsubaki helping his former love Misa, who has found that there's a hidden Sith in the royal family. Turns out that that is Masago, the king's sister, and she's a Sith Lord. She and Tsubaki duel, and this whole time, he has been having these weird episodes and not knowing what his destiny is going to be and everything. Yeah, you might say. (laughs) Star Wars! visions (laughs) now guards take misa away subaki can't get up the dark side can help however if he joins masago it is written it is his destiny and he flashes back again and tells his master about these premonitions premonitions Mm. in the present i'm thinking well he's not gonna succumb and yet (laughs) good reasons minutes two minutes later um in the present he's back up slices through guards and one of them is misa so cuts right through his former love which i guess doesn't pay to be a hero masago makes another pitch they can save misa together it's the old darth plagueis the wise pitch he says and she he ends up saying please help me save her 
my master. She takes his hand and places it on Misa. I did what had to be done. So she's alive. Yeah. Shall we go, my apprentice? <gasps> he puts his hood up and walks off as Misa watches. So this, for me, is very Revenge of the Sith, except what if Palpatine wasn't full of it? Yeah, like, Revenge right. of the Sith if it actually worked. Right. Anakin's, Anakin's sitting around watching this going, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a dark way to end this run, especially if we're watching them all at once. But this is another one that has grown in my mind the more and more I think about it. And I think it's easily overlooked. But fi- before we get into final round of questions, Caitlin and Bush, thoughts on Akakiri? I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. This was another one where I thought about it a lot and it, it grew on me. It's like top yeah. five for me. It, it also grows with repeat viewings. I mean, yeah. The first time I was like, wow, it was weird. And the second time I was like, oh. Yeah. Matt Romano, similar for you? Yeah, same thing. I mean, I think I, I might have just been honestly like out of gas with the, the first time I watched it. You know, yeah. it was just like th- there was so much to absorb and take in. But on second viewing, yep, totally got it. Loved it a lot more. There's so much slow burning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you. so much slow burning. Like it's literally like, like light one end, five hours later, catches fire. <laughs> literally there's nothing metaphorical about nothing, it nothing yeah exactly I, the only thing i would say about this questioning about akakiri is making it putting it at the end mm-hmm. of the the order yeah if it were if it were me and it's not personally i would have had it second to last and ended with ninth jedi yeah, yeah. i i always wonder with stuff like this the i i always want to ask questions about why did you put it yeah. This, what was yeah, the reasoning right. behind the placement for like, I understand, um, you know, putting the duel at the beginning. Cause that right. really sets right. the pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand the end choice. I'm not yeah. mad about it. I loved it, but yeah. it's because in the ar- initial pl- press releases, ninth Jedi was last yeah. and that's how I prepped it. And then I, I saw a different rundown. That was the one that ended up being on Disney plus and with Akakiri at the end. And so, if you're just watching, it goes continue to the next and you're just playing all and going on the binge. That's how it's going to go. I'm not complaining about it. It's just an interesting decision. And for me personally, I think ninth Jedi with the ending last ending of the giant lightsaber in space would be, is a more uplifting way. Yeah. But they end. put that, yeah, they put that right in the middle to keep you going. They were like, Oh, yeah. you like yeah, that? Yeah, you I got guess. five more to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess. And mm-hmm. so it's like, and so we'll see. Okay. So now we have the nine shorts question time. Caitlin and Bush. I think we already know some of these, but I'm going to go through it anyway. Which characters hit you the hardest? Ooh, Toby. Mm-hmm. I think Dan. I really liked mm-hmm. Dan. Does that have anything to do with mm. Jordan Fisher? I mean, I do love Jordan Fisher. He's wonderful. Um, but I also, I love a, I love a Padawan who's just sitting there kind of giving his master shit the entire time. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, and then, um, I mean, Lop, obviously, yeah. and and uh, the the droid, the straw hat droid, the yeah. in the the first one, he's wonderful. He's cha- he's an agent of chaos. Yeah, Matt Romano, same question. Uh, I, I like the uh, the elder. Uh, I'm gonna go over the opposite. I looked like he was an awesome Ooh. villain. Love the elder. I just like I'm so creeped yeah. out by him. I love him. Uh, the break droid, the droid drinking the tea in the ninth Jedi. Good <laughs> breakout yeah. character for me. Loved him. Um, yeah. The Malgrave, also in the ninth Jedi. 
just Jura, and, Margrave Jura, Margrave yeah. Jura, just awesome. Yeah, he character. was cool, so cool. Yeah. And, when, and when he when the when he grabbed his lightsaber and it turned green, like you you're thinking he was going to be bad, and it's obviously he was Lovely. a Jedi. Lovely, but yeah, I think those were, and then obviously the entire band of of the Star Waver. You yes, know, the entire band. Yeah, that's, can't, go wrong. can't forget them. Can't, go can't right, forget, can't forget them. them. Yep. What about you, Mr. Silliman? I'm just going to say F from yeah. Village Bride. Mm-hmm. There you I go. Lo- I I I really every single thing that she did or said I loved. Matt Romano, which of the various uh, animation styles jive with you the most? Ooh, that's a that's a good question. I, I mean, I think I like um, either the the Ninth Jedi or the Elder. Like you know, they they they're anime, but they're closer enough to like kind of mainstream animation that could fit into other Star Wars animation. I don't know. I, I love anime. It's just uh, I don't know. I think like I we're more traditional. You also don't. I don't. <laughs> I guess that's what it sounds like. I guess that's exactly what it's like. I like the, the ones that didn't look like anime. I like anime, but I also don't like it. So no, I, uh, I, I loved it all. Actually, no, I, I, I know what you're thinking. Yeah. I think I think I know what you're getting. Yeah, yeah. And and honestly, the duel was probably the best animation out of all of them for me. Just the the black and white. It's and it's, like, it's 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 heightened to it in a different yeah, way. Yeah, and like yeah, you said it's, before, it's, the colors of the lightsabers and lights like that's the only thing that shines through in the black and white. Thought that was very cool. It's bloody gorgeous. Caitlin Bush, same question. I have to, I'm going to go a little bit outside of the box here and say Tatooine Rhapsody. Uh, yeah. It taught me so by surprise. It's a bunch of little chibi babies, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I appreciate that a lot. For me, there's something about the style of the twins that is so out there and bizarre yeah. that I just, I, I really got a little addicted to that for the runtime of that, um, that I really out there. But it's, it's. The, the, and Ninth Jedi kind of blends all of it together. Yeah, it? yeah, it does. It's like it does. bits of all of it yeah. in a way. But yeah, again, the artistry of um, it's everything's a, is quite literally a painting with the duel, isn't yes. it? Yes, yeah, duel's so beautiful. It's, it's um, there's no way around that one. Since all of these are open ended, al- almost all of them are open ended. They really are. Which I was another part of this I wasn't expecting. You had to pick one that you wanted to see continue. Matt Romano, what are you picking? Uh, I got to go with the ninth Jedi. I mean, how do you not go with the ninth Jedi? Yeah. Caitlin Bush, same question. How do you not go with the ninth Jedi? Do you have any rebuttal? I mean, how do you not? Uh, just so that we, ha- we have a little bit of uh, diversity yeah. in it, I'd say the elder as well. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yep. You're not going to say Lop and Osho? No, because um, I like the open-endedness of that. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's just, I never know to, what to expect See? from Caitlin and Bush. <laughs> wow. Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, for me, I, I just probably the continuing adventures of F. I yeah. think are. Yeah. Fa- I've really got a thing for that character. You sure think, do. But yeah. um, fascinating. But also, it's like, yeah, Ninth Jedi. It's like, give me yeah. more of that. It's so good. Kara, the Margrave, all of it. Yeah. Now, here's the question that everyone wants to know before we get to the to the to the big one: Will there be more? Mm-hmm. Will there be more Star Wars visions? Yes. Um, this is another thing I, of course, asked the producers about, and it's way, they were like, "Yeah, it's way too early for that." Um, they're like, "We're just is it, happy to be getting this it, out there." Yeah, exactly. They also said we were worried about tattooing Rhapsody going too far. It's like it comes after one that has an umbrella lightsaber. <laughs> um, he's like, "Yes, that's true." They they say it's too early for us to talk about that, but they did say that everyone certainly wants to make more, and if this is watched and embraced by fans then the likelier it will be that there will be more. They all want more. The studios want to make more. For me, this is, as we've said, Star Wars at its most creative and bizarre, so I loved every second, and this is not going to be the last time we're discussing these. Hardest one of all, we've already touched on this. Favorite short, if you had to pick. Blaster to your head. Uh, Lop and Ocho. 
Matt Romano. Ninth Jedi. I hate to say it. I hate to, I hate to say it's it to okay. go with the mainstream it's answer. Okay. It was just okay. the one that was no. the most it's a good episode. Uh, I don't know, so surprising and fun. It's, I don't know. It's I could totally see. I'm yeah. su- I'm surprised that it's not Tatooine Rhapsody. It, That's it's, what it's, I thought it, I'd get it, from see, you. See, if I had, if you had, a, you said gun to my head. So it's really for you me said blaster to blaster your head. to my head. It's really Ninth Jedi, uh, Tatooine Rhapsody, and the Elder. Like those three. Like okay, yeah. Kay- really, Caitlin yeah. and Bush, you can put, pick two additional ones too. Uh, cool. Okay, we got Lapinocho. we got Lapinocho, um, Akakiri, mm. and Knife Jedi. All right, Brian. I would I would go um, Village Bride, Ninth Jedi, and the Twins. All right, that those are um, three but, diverse but the, answers. Uh, yeah. The Elder, I kind of would want in there too. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. The some of our fan our, our, our fans are. Our, Padawans on Twitter have been voting up and down yeah, all you're about this all week. Yeah. Very scientific we polls. A, we launched a, yeah. a poll just for reference. We're going to get into that in real talk, but it's going to be great. And let's just say the it, it's, it was a nail biter. Can't wait. But for now, we're going to go to break. So we're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. Don't turn us off. This is Vanessa Marshall, and you're listening to Return of the Pod, a podcast about Star Wars. May the force be with you. And as always, many boats. We're back. And now it's time for some galactic points of interest. Good news has come to the citizens of Lothal. In book news, we were talking about the duel, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, if you really enjoyed the duel, then there's a new book coming out soon that you're really going to like. The book is called Star Wars Visions Ronin. It comes out on October 12th, written by Emma Miko Kandon, and it expands on everything that we see in the duel. The motivations of the Ronin himself, his life, the bandit leader, his droid, all of it, as well as the alternate Jedi-Sith history that the short implies, all of it is laid out in this book. Again, that book is coming out October 12th, so if you're a fan of the duel, or Star Wars Visions. It's a really great read. It's really well written. It's unlike any Star Wars book I've read, much like Visions itself. In gaming news, this happened a few weeks ago, but we weren't, we were still on break. Anyway, it was revealed that Knights of the Old Republic is getting a uh, remake. Yes. A Ooh. brief teaser trailer shown at the September PlayStation Showcase. It was mostly just Revan in lovely HD, but this remake (laughs) of the beloved RPG will be coming only to PS5 and PC. As far as we know, this does not make KOTOR canon, but as we've been saying this whole show, who cares about that? If you love KOTOR and you love this game, and many of you do, these people love these games, then this is canon to you and who and and anyone who says otherwise can go, you know, stick their head in a bucket. Anyway, <laughs> it is, con- especially when it comes to Revan, people yeah. Are, ra- yeah. are nuts for Revan. Rightfully so, he's a really cool character. Now, anyway, it is coming and the people making the game are very much fans of the original game. They are more than aware that hordes of angry fans will gut them if they get this wrong. So they are not wanting to let anyone down here. Caitlin, have you played Knights of the Old Republic? Have we talked about this? I did a little bit, yeah, back in the day. You did. Matt Romano, have you played Knights of the Old Republic? Yeah, I I did too. I never got very far, uh, to be honest with you, because it was was a role-playing game. It was was very different. Like I I didn't have the commitment. Back in it's the a day. slow burn. It's a slow burn. 
It was. That game was a slow burn, but it's awesome. It was, it was great. Will you be me? I, I have never played it at all. I know oh, okay. the characters from go. some books and comics, but I've never played the game. I'm going to play the crap out of yeah, this. Yeah, I want to play it now wait. that I'm older. I think I play, I yeah. think I was just too young and it just wasn't exciting enough off the bat for right. me. Right. It wasn't like enough. Yeah, like killing people with lightsabers. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like go collect items and do and... this. And it was like, okay, this is going to take a lot of time. I'm going to go. So the first 10 seconds didn't have lightsaber killings and you were yeah, out. Yeah, it's about tutorial mode, you know? I don't know. Where's the Outrider? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, looking ahead, it was announced that beloved composer for The Mandalorian. Oh, Mandalorian. Ludwig Göransson. I think we're we're all big fans oh, of, yeah. of him. Uh, what do we want an army of, Matt? And I want an army of didgeridoos. Fifty thousand didgeridoos. Fifty thousand didgeridoos. <laughs> he is going to be the composer for the book of Boba Fett. The book of Boba Fett. Hey. I don't think any of us are going to complain about that. It's not a big surprise, but it's nice. Yeah. It's nice that there'll be some consistency Certainly. there. Um, and finally, some theme park news. If you're going to Galaxy's Edge anytime soon and you want to go on the big ride Rise of the Resistance, you will no longer have to deal with the digital queue system, which really did not work very well unless you want more anxiety and a low iPhone battery. Mm. For the moment, mm. the deal is you show up. You can go right to the ride at Rope Drop and you can just get online. No need to sign up for a queue or anything. I've seen many photos on social media or anything of wait times. Some people saying they ran right there at Rope Drop. The wait was 14 minutes. Some people said they got in line. It was an hour. So another photo that said the wait in Oribesh and then in English said the line. It amounted to a number that was over four hours. What? So, yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, Why'd they change there, this? This sounds well, horrible. Because the digital queue system was awful. It didn't work. No, there is no it, it good answer to no, they got to make three yeah. of these things. How about this no. from now on? Well, they make three oh, rides. Why hadn't I thought of that? Just make more. <laughs> more. more rides, yeah. Supply oh. and demand, people. Yeah. Hire this man. <laughs> um, I was surprised. I'm like, I guess people are really... Ju- I, th- I thought people were going to be giving Disney a little bit of a berth. And then I thought, well, yeah, no. <laughs> um, uh, but... So who knows? It it could be only it depends on when you go or whatever. But trust me, as, as somebody who's been the digital queue experience was awful. It did okay. not work. It gave me anxiety the whole day. I don't know if waiting online for three, four hours is going to be much different, but it's better than getting up at seven, getting on your phone and hoping that you get in the queue yeah. or something. Right. It was right. nerve wracking. So, fair, fair, fair. you know, this is just how it is. And and we'll see how this works. If I ever go back, I will not miss the digital cue. And now I will turn it over to the Jedi Master for our next segment. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi. And now it's time for Caitlin's Word of the Week. The Word of the Week is Majina. Good job, Caitlin. She seems to be on top of things. Hey, that is a good word for this week. I Thank am you. not even doing the bit. That's my favorite one yet. Thank you. I'm not even doing the bit. That was pitch perfect. I'm doing Jenkins from the long way around. Word of the week. Caitlin Bush. Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> Loved it. Live it. That's going to take us into real talk. I'm looking forward to having some real talk. With some real folks. Uh, hello and thank you to Yo-Yo E-Dogs as well as Wilderkline over on Apple Podcasts. A big thank you to regular Padawan, the Magdalorian, Matt Romano. Yeah. Why is that? Oh, man. Well, she sent us all this 
Awesome stuff. Uh, she sent Incredible. us uh, pins that she made, uh, Return of the Pod pins, Red Blade pins, stickers. Pins? Just, oh, pins. It's amazing. It's amazing stuff. And then- Red Blade pins? Red Blade pins. And then- uh, bro- What? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So, and then Brian, Caitlin, and I got to hang out a few weeks ago, and I got to share them in person, and uh, yeah. we'll have to post some pictures. But we have, we loved it all, and it was obviously made with love, and it came with such a nice note, and we really appreciate it. And thank you so much, Magnalorian. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Margaret, your real name too. Let's put that out thank there. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. We really appreciate you it. You didn't tell me there was a note. Oh yeah, there's a note. You only chucked me a couple things like, here's your stuff. Yeah. Well, yes, thank you. So it was very nice for the P.O. box that I forget. I keep forgetting that we have. Who's up for some polling? Oh, always up for some polling. Love polling. Now, I was curious as to what po- listeners, Padawans, people that follow us on Twitter, what their, you know, which shorts of these they really liked. So I created two polls because there's not, there's nine shorts and you could only put four in, in one thing. So the idea was, it's going to do here's four and here's four. Whoever wins, the three, the top three vote getters from both would then go up against Ninth Jedi. Because I had in the in a third poll, because I had a feeling that was going to be poll yeah. very strongly. Yep. So what we got with poll number one was between the duel, Tob One, Akakiri, and the Village Bride. Not really fair. I didn't do. I didn't think yeah, about that too yeah, much. Yep. But uh, with seventy-seven votes, we had the duel ran away with it with sixty-five percent. Yeah. The Village Bride came in second with twenty-four percent. Akakiri with nice six percent and poor tob one with five percent so the second one the elder tatooine rhapsody the twins lapin ocho lapin ocho pulling up the rear with 11 percent tatooine rhapsody surprised me with a very low showing of 22 percent the elder 32 percent and the twins with 35 percent so the twins won that one now I jumped the gun on creating the third poll a little bit because I knew we were recording this and had to have the poll ready in time. At the time, the village bride was polling better than the elder. Mm -hmm. But then the elder pulled ahead. So really, in the final poll, the elder should have been there and not village bride. But uh, so sorry. This already sounds like, oh, uh, okay, All right. So what's too much of a slow burn? This is a a very slow burn. People are going to like this. Who won? Who won? (laughs) So the final poll, the final poll, the duel, the twins, the village bride and the ninth Jedi. If you followed everything I said, Uh yes, I made a little mistake, but I still stand behind it. It works. And what is the answer? (laughs) Well, this was a nail brighter. Oh, God. Well, this is a nail biter. The twins, 11%. The village bride, 16%. It really came down to the duel and the ninth Jedi. And let me tell you guys, the ninth Jedi was winning for the longest time. And then something happened in the middle of the night. One has 37%, the other, 36 Ooh. Oh, okay. 1% of a point. The duel takes it. For the longest time, it was Ninth Jedi, the duel. The duel. And this is with 110 votes. Unexpected. So that's it. Wow. 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 Yeah, the duel. Did not see that coming. I I thought the Ninth Jedi was running away with it. Well, you're you're very scientific scientific poll. You're very, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Hey, hey, it works. (laughs) It works. It doesn't. Listen, Halloween, Halloween buckethead. (laughs) But that's going to do it for this episode. <laughs> wow. But, All right. What a good, what a transition. 
You know what? Okay, great. That's it. Said in jest. Yeah, anyway. Um, no, but we are going to be back soon. <laughs> Aren't you lucky? Um, as Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. I got a bad feeling about this. What is this place? Yes. We'll start streaming on Disney Plus on October 1st, and we are going to be covering it. Not only are we covering it, we're going to be covering it as part of a special Spotchka Nights. Spotchka Nights. Episode. Yeah. Now, we don't know at the moment when you can expect that episode, but we will let you know on our socials. But that special Halloween Lego Star Wars special Never thought I'd be saying that is coming out on October 1st. And are you guys excited about that? It's going to be spooky. Oh, it's like my my three favorite things. If you told me as a kid, there'd be like Lego Star Wars Halloween special. I'll be like, get the hell out of here. Come on. That's too awesome. It's crazy. And I would have gotten out of there crying. I've been like, (laughs) I don't know what I did wrong. Exactly. Anyway, speaking of socials, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and more at Return of the Pod. You can also find us directly. Caitlin and Bush, occasionally, you can be found where? Uh, you can find me occasionally due to mental health issues at at Caitlin M. Bush. That is C-A-I-T-L-I-N-M. Bush like the beer, not like the presidents. Matt Romano, you can be found where? You can find me on Twitter at... Matt Romano, M-A-T-T-R-O-M-A-N-O. Almost forgot my, my handle there for a second. That's okay. You almost forgot your name, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> um, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Brian Silliman. That's at B-R-I-A-N-S as in Sky Guy, I-L-L-I-M-A-N. And I shouldn't talk because I just had to read my name. <laughs> yeah, you read your name. Every <laughs> <laughs> Stretch out with your feelings and share your thoughts. We love hearing from you. Subscribe, leave a comment, and give five stars. If you're feeling generous, snoke them if you got them. Take it, Sheevy. And remember... Hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you can see it, you'll never make it through the night. This is the way we have spoken for light and life. Many boats of force will be with you always. Be the spark. Be the spark.